What up, Conroe? You're listening to Nerd Thug Radio. And guess what, guys? No Joey Savage this week, which means you guys are in for a real treat because it's the Corey DLG show with his lackeys, the DLGs. And I'm going to let Angry Zach talk sometimes, too. I'm no one's lackey. That's right. <laughs> You're listening to us on uh, 104.5, 106.1. They're the sister stations. And we are always on IRLoneStar.com. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Nerd Thug Radio. Go to NerdThugRadio.com. There's some Instagram. There's some Twitter. There's some other stuff. I don't really care. Just check it out if you want. Anyway, hello, Connor. How are you guys? You're listening to Corey DLG. And with me today, as always, is my sidekick producer extraordinaire. Yeah, Nico DLG here. And we uh, have a special guest. I'm not going to call you Sticky Vicky because that wouldn't be nice at all. No. So I won't say Sticky Vicky. And we're not going to use your official nickname, I think, tonight. Yeah, we're not going to say Sticky Vicky at all. Vicky DLG. Vicky DLG in That's, the house. Whoop, whoop. And then um, in the helping house. out a little bit. Yeah, well, that was really low key. In the house? Did you say in the hizzle? In the hizzle. So in, oh, the, in the hizzle. The hizzle. I'm not going to be a no kind of hizzle. No. No hizzle? <laughs> no. They have a shot for that. And then also with us today, Zach Attack. What's up? All right, guys. Um, there's a lot of us today. I'm excited. What? Uh, anybody want to kind of, anything? anybody have anything fun happen this week? I had something embarrassing happen this week. That's Ooh. the best kind of fun. Get into it. Um, I guess it's not that not that bad. I'm anyway. to roast you. Wow, so, way to set the bar high <laughs> and then immediately walk No, but it. you know what? That's brilliant. I do that anytime I feel like I may have set the bar too high. I then resell it super <laughs> low. Like if they get if I tell somebody something, they get super excited. My immediate follow-up to that like, is, wait, whoa, 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 to be clear, but I, immediately I didn't actually mean I won gold in the Olympics. <laughs> I saw the Olympics on TV. But when that, but when that happens, got, when somebody does that to me, we <laughs> when that happens, though, when somebody does that to me, I immediately stop listening to them because they're not even sure what the point of their story is at that point. All right, Victoria, follow through for us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's After that great setup from Zach, <laughs> so I've been kind of seeing this dude for a while, right? What? It's not the, what do you it's mean? Not, it's not the beginning. Trash. Like because this is modern dating, and you're never actually boyfriend and girlfriend. You're seeing or you're hanging out or you're kind of with somebody. This is true. This is anyway. Hundred percent. So. Oh, do you mean he's your band friend? <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway, so we, I go out with my friend actually. And he's like, oh, I don't feel good. Because first, I'm not going to lie, Steph, I hope you're not listening. I was going to hang out with him, but he got sick. And so I was like, hey, Steph, you know, like, you I'm already downtown. I'm, I'm already downtown. Like, do you want to meet up? Let's go hang out. That's whatever. So we go downtown. And uh, he's asking, well, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, we're here drinking, whatever. And he was like, oh, I might come out. I was like, okay. What? Strange. All right. And he never wants, like, he doesn't really like the whole bar club scene. He never wants. I was just kind of like, yeah, maybe all right. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, yeah. Like, I didn't really believe it. Anyway, he shows up, whatever. My friend's like, great, I'm the freaking third wheel. Right. Awesome. This is supposed to be a girl's night. Now I have to find some random person to take home. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, what? Oh. Uh, anyways, anyways. Is that not what every other third wheel does? At this point, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, weird. You, no. Weird. No, they just kind of like background. I may be like doing this wrong. I think you've honed, but I think you've honed being a third wheel into an art to where like it's a desirable position for you. Yeah. Like if someone's like, do you want a third wheel with us? I'm like, yeah, yes. Because when, speaking as someone who has met you for the first time, <laughs> when you meet you for the first time, it's real intense for all Corey all the time. Right. So if I was Corey, I also would glom on to other couples and be an intentional third wheel. We're going to look you up spread, glom. I don't think that's a word. Spread out glom. some of that. Uh, it you needs know, to be there though. Right. <laughs> the coriness of the situation. Yeah, exactly. that's, a, that's the coriness of the situation. Yeah. So anyway, old boy shows oh, up unexpectedly, uh, yeah. like like and the dark point, night. Yeah, and at this point, 
I don't drink beer. I'll be, I don't really particularly like it, but I've already had wings. I've had beer and now I've switched to liquor, which I know is not, you're not supposed to do beer than liquor. Those are all myths. But that, is yeah, that is a myth. Anyways, so. You don't know. Yeah, I've, heard, drink, I've heard of a myth I've before. I've mixed all kinds of stuff. And I don't really okay. like to eat before I drink because I just don't like the mixture of alcohol and food in my stomach. Yeah, weird. because I'm not wasting a $40 buzz on a $10 meal. Thank you. Wow. I, I, Math. If I'm, if I'm going in to get drunk, I, I'm not, I don't want to wait forever and I don't want to spend a ton of money. I'm a lightweight as is so that doesn't at all sound like a cry for help right the meetings are literally at the church every tuesday from (laughs) 7 to 9 p.m anyway (laughs) um anyway so it's like a weird mix in my stomach already okay anyway night goes on he's like all right look uh it's already like we're getting to closing time it's like 145 and he's like oh i'm gonna go ahead head out i was like okay i'm going to the car to say goodbye right right anyways yeah nope that's fine public radio got it yeah 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 Anyways, in, in, in the middle of uh, saying goodbye. Yes, using your words. Get, getting real. Uh, all of a sudden, nauseous. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. We're in the car, so I don't really want to puke in, in his car. It's his, though, not yours? So Puke away. Not so Puke away. I, I, I puke into my hand. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I better. I don't, I don't feel good. And I turn, and I just it's, just, it's straight into my hand, and... I'm like, oh god, oh god, what do I do with this puke in my hands? And I just, I just swing open the door and just like <laughs> plop it out. It was, it was so gross. And he, he thought it was funny, but I was like, that yeah. is the most embarrassing thing. I would have laughed, then left you there. And it, then it was so bad. And he was just like, tweeted I was like, it. Oh, and it just smelled like vomit in the yeah. car. And it was just, oh, it was so yeah, bad. Yeah, because you probably. And I was didn't... just like, drop me off at the, just drop, just take me back. I need to go to my friend. I need to go to the bathroom. And I need to go home. Yeah. I had vomit on my shirt. Like, it was bad. Uh, that's it what was, was bad. That's what I was about to say. There's no way you caught it all. Here's my issue. No. Your no. hands are I tiny. Didn't. Here's yeah. my here's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Here's, no, yeah. It was on my here's shirt. Here's my issue. I was, with I'm this. sure it got somewhere else, too. And he was probably. And what part of your brain was throwing up into your own hand a better alternative than throwing up in his car? Because I don't want to be the girl that threw up all over his car. And then he's like, now he's got to go clean my puke off of his car. Not your problem. But at what point in your head were you like, this is going to be way less embarrassing. It was a small amount of puke. It was a manageable amount of puke, I guess. It wasn't like a a whole. The only only ever time I've been in your hand to my car was complete reflex. There was just it one was day. reflex. It was just. It was just. I don't know that. I don't know. Like why that, that wasn't. Was. That wasn't the plan. But I think. But it sounds like what you're saying is. Or maybe like, I was just drunk, and that was my slow reaction to cover my mouth. Like, I don't know. Like your vomit panic was just like into your hand. Like I don't know. That's because <laughs> I've because I've done that because I've, I've been sitting in my room. I, I sat rough. in my room one day, and I just I just felt real nauseous, and I literally just it just. It just blew, and then it was in my hands that I didn't have anywhere to do with it. <laughs> like, let me guess, you're playing a video game. No, I was, I was, I was in my room. I was going, I was gonna go up and go to the bathroom, and I just threw up in my hands. So then I was just standing in the middle of my room with this vomit in my hands. Corey, is this a family thing? No, <laughs> no. Okay. As a matter of fact, I proudly vomit everywhere that I, that isn't mine <laughs> anywhere. Anyway. That isn't me. Yeah. My 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 only rule for right. vomiting is, is don't vomit on me. <laughs> Will I have to I clean I don't this want later? It on my... <laughs> and 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 what's great about my don't vomit on me vomiting rule is that it applies to not only me but everyone else. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. That was my winning. Story That's for pretty the week. awesome. How do you look at yourself I, in there? I, 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 I mean, the good news is I I I'll still saw him recently, so that wasn't enough to. Yeah, oh. you throw up in your hands. It's just more embarrassing for you. It's not gonna be like, oh man, I don't garbage. Know. I don't know. There, yeah. I like. I, I have to say, it's surprising that he has contacted. That's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. To my credit, uh, maybe to my discredit, I've definitely dumped girls for way less than puking in their own hands. 
or at least discontinued seeing them in this modern dating world. I don't so. think a girl wants you got a hangnail. Yeah. What? Yeah, because you know they're limping around. They're yeah, not going to be not. able to survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I'm, I'm with them. Hangnail? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not interested. It's like in that. when it goes into the into the flesh instead of out of the flesh. The little, little I'm not skin skin those are, those are cuticles. I, I thought. I've never been no? into starting dating a girl when she is in one situation and then her becoming damaged and me continuing to date her. I'm not interested. Okay. In what do you mean damaged? Okay, I'm going to say this. this Hangnail, gonna... broken right. leg, right? bad haircut. <laughs> Hold so. on. Damaged. Wait, damaged. <laughs> bad haircuts. Da- but you know what? A woman would react that a bad haircut is damaging. Like, they would act like they were damaged. So yeah, that's it, fair. It's that's damaging fair. to me. That's totally <laughs> not you fair. I dated you when you looked this way. Now you've changed you've, things. You have changed things on me, and my weirdo, hyper-focusing, sometimes autistic self can't get over things that change without my consent. Right. No, that's, uh, you but know I what? I mean, over time, you're going to change anyway. Right, but dating is such a micro... Yeah, but that's yeah. a... Yeah, day right, but we're talking about dating. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about, like... Relationship. I'm not talking, like, necessarily I'll leave my wife if in 30 years she's in a wheelchair, but... You'll hey, consider it. Hey, stay on your toes, toots. <laughs> oh, that's... I was actually going to ask, like... I'm sorry you're married to Zach, Kaylee. I'm really sorry. Like, I always kind of worry, like... I, just, I, I'm so, I worry about everything because I'm so neurotic anyway. But, like, one of the things in the back of my head that always kind of concerns me is, like, what if I were to ever be in a long-term relationship, get married, and then things drastically change? Like, you know, because you say sickness and health, life or death. Like, what if you actually have to make the decision, like, oh, God, now I actually have to stay with this person who's been drastically off. A train runs her over. Now there's only half of her there. Like, now what? Yeah. Right? That's what you should really only get. Yeah. I think it's. I think but even if you really, really, really love her, even if you love her to death, that's a huge change. Like, yeah, that's a massive change. It's not, and it's it's less. And I get where Corey's coming from. But that's the whole commitment of marriage, isn't it? Right, You're right. Saying, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. And I, when stuff is rough, and when it's not like it used to be, you're saying even when it's like that, my love is supposed to overpower. So right, wait, wait, but, but okay, right. But there's now no I way get, to there's no way to know before you go in. If you love someone enough to survive train mall. Right, like what's I and I don't necessarily That's agree. I don't necessarily be as sure as possible before you make those vows. I don't know I don't necessarily agree with Corey's point because I'm I lean towards the way you think, but I get where he's coming from. Because it's even it's not it's beyond the superficial thing. Like I'm not Corey's not saying like she got her she lost her legs in a train wreck. That's not just I'm sad because she doesn't have legs. It's, it, that's a massive change. It's going to change her mindset. It's going to change the way she looks at the world, the way you look at the world. Like, right, where's right. the line? Like, what change is too much? Right. Like, to uh, deal with. So, like, I've heard friends. I get what you're saying. Right. Because I've like heard friends who have stories where like they both agreed as grown-ups and adults that in our relationship there will be no children. So then they get married under the pretense that they don't want kids. Then something changes, and one of them changed their mind. Well, now you're changing the agreement. Right. And like that can alter the relationship well, because and you like can't stay together. That's not something that like right. If if the other person fundamentally believes they don't want children, and now you've shifted your belief to children, one of you is going to be unhappy. And with it's the not outcome. a we can have it both ways situation. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I, it's I, not like a TV upstairs, TV downstairs scenario. Right. It's not like if it's not like if my wife dyed her hair blonde, but I prefer brunettes. Like, right. Eventually, she might go back, or you could even just you know turn the lights off. But in this situation. Like there's another person at the house now. They're gonna like need you for stuff. Dinner? Yeah, exactly. Just okay. all no lights on in the house for, for like. The next that's where months. I struggle the most with changes when I'm feeding. <laughs> I believe that you're like a small herbivore dinosaur. That's like true. any change just upsets you and the balance of it. That's true. This he, is irritating. I feel like I'm stomach digest. He's like a Paul's triceratops. I get like he skittish. Just, what? I get skittish because I'm worried about predators. Right. No. If that's... something's different, there could be predators. He's like, oh god. That's a logical. What's fear. next? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, but I get where you're coming from, right? Because there, there are things that are like fundamental changes. Right. And I don't yeah. mean actions, right? You mean like, so 
somebody's mindset has changed so much they're not they're no longer the person you're married right it's not a bad situation they are a different person exactly and so like then it's like oh do we go do we stay do we go things have changed and think, speaking of staying here going let's get out here do a break when we come back we're gonna have more fun less serious because no one else is getting married and hit by a train anyway <laughs> this is nerd thug radio Hopefully. stick with us All right, guys, we've come to the point in the show where we need to tell you about our friends, Space Cadets. These guys host all of our favorite nerd events on a regular basis, from Hero Clicks to Dungeons and Dragons, from Pokemon to Star Wars Destiny. They've got it all. With one of the largest nerd inventories I've ever seen, there's practically nothing you can't find at Space Cadets. Brian has long been a friend of the show, and the most important thing to stress to you guys today is how family friendly and great to go to Space Cadets really is. The Savage family regularly makes the trip there, and Joey, Nico, and myself regularly play different events there. Check the Facebook page for times and games scheduled this week. That's Space Cadets Gaming Gaming Collection Collection on Robinson Road in the Woodlands. When you go, let them know that Nerd Thug Radio sent you, and you get 10% off your highest ticket item. That's right. Save 10% off your highest ticket item if you say Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Yeah! Nerd Thug Radio here. We are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and on IR Lone Star. Dot com. This is Corey DLG. This is the DLG takeover. It happens every once in a while because we take over stuff. With I'm me as always, always Nico you DLG. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't take You trips. don't go on vacations, Joey does. My life family. is a vacation. That's true. Yeah. With me as well is Vicky DLG making this the DLG takeover. What up, what up? And our minion, Zach Attack. Hey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Acknowledge it. Okay. I'm imagining a giant yellow Zach. All right. Nico, you ready to play that beautiful music? I don't know why you had to say giant. Get ready. Get ready here, because real quick, we're going to give you just a taste of the Joey Savage here. He's going to tell you about our friends, Space Cadets. Nico, roll that beautiful bean footage. I only have the Wild Thing one, but here it is. Okay. Joey Savage with Nerd Thug Radio. Conroe's newest sports bar, Wild Thing, is a modern-day rustic saloon with all-American charm. Wild Thing, a bar and restaurant in the Conroe Woodlands area, right off FM 1488 and I-45, with a welcoming ambiance and atmosphere of delicious food, relaxation, and quality entertainment. Wild Thing has over 70 televisions regularly airing local and nationally televised sporting events, as well as daily specials and pricing. Wild Thing Bar and Restaurant, the best scenery in town. Boom. Boom. Did you miss Joey? Is that why you played I, that? I just wanted to do him the luxury of letting him into this episode, because I'm not letting him count. So, because he's not here to do it. Episode 63. <sighs> I hate you. I shouldn't have even said it. But anyway, <laughs> that's just, sometimes the listeners need a little taste of the savage to know how sweet the DLG is. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. A little salty, a little salty before the candy. It's like putting a little salt in your hot chocolate. Right. Yeah. Just remind the hot chocolate who's boss. <laughs> that makes it better. Right. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, I, there's been some interesting stories this week about YouTube. And I figured this is the group to talk to YouTube about. My two little DLG little minions here your are, boys always update sorry are you saying the you two as then as the, in them or these, you two your but, honor these two youths <laughs> right these the two youths, youths i'm sorry the you yeah <laughs> yeah so uh my cousin Vinny there uh but yeah so what i'm talking about here is youtube it's a couple of cool stories that broke first i want to talk about youtube red they're right. trying to like push and develop almost like a subscription service to mm-hmm. kind of counter the Netflix and the Hulu and all that. Right. The first couple seasons have just been essentially YouTube stars in some sort of expanded format of their own yeah. little brands. YouTube gave them a bunch of money to make a show. To make more Shows, of what they already yeah. do. Right. Um, but now they've started to kind of branch out. Last quote unquote 
season of stuff. They had some original content, and now they're actually signing some big names to do real original content. Nico, right. the love of your life, Dan Harmon, yeah. oh, yes. has been signed to do a scripted television or scripted YouTube-read series called Good Game. The premise is that it's about an E-League team trying to make it in the E-League world, which is electronic gaming, for those who don't know. I swear to God, when you said E-League, I thought that was something below AAA in baseball. Yeah, like these are like really bad baseball <laughs> yeah, players. I, like, that, that, I 100% thought that negative was negative They're good. so bad, they only play video games. Um, and so they're playing video games. They're the make Wii Olympians look. we were talking That's about. That's right, they are the Wii Olympians. <laughs> so these Wii Olympians are trying to make it big in the gaming world and also just in life. And oh, Dan is, Harmon this, is scripting this show. This sounds fantastic. It sounds like my dream. My it, dream has come it true. It sounds like it's actually going to be a... This, would, this sounds like a show I would like to see. So this is the first time YouTube Red has actually accomplished its mission of actually piquing my interest at all. Right, which I assume is their direct mission. They all get together in the boardroom and they're like, "How do we get Corey?" But is that an yeah. but is that an action that YouTube of YouTube Red or is it an action of Dan Harmon? Well, it's the action of them to go to Dan Harmon and get this. No one else managed to get this show from Dan Harmon, so that's and, fair. In that aspect, I'm going to give them full credit. Also, I love everything that guy touches. Also, if you smell what I'm cooking, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, also has a show being developed with uh, YouTube Red. You ready for it? It's called Lifeline. Who wants to guess the plot? It's Baywatch, again. Okay, he says Baywatch. What do you got? He's a sexy EMT. Sexy EMT. No, I got What do you got? I think it's people who are having critical critical crises, which is redundant. Who are having crises in their life, and Rock is trying to help get them back on track. I'm going to give you partial credit for that. Uh, the premise of this show, and I believe he's just producing Sorry, it. Sorry, is he's it not, scripted? It's going to be scripted. Okay. And it's, Never mind. I would have changed my answer. But okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What, do you, what, do you, what do you got? No. I, no? Go ahead. Okay, because you, you could lose your partial credit, too. That's how partial yeah, yeah, credit I'm gonna, works. I'm going to stick with the partial credit. Yeah, good answer. <laughs> so Lifeline, being developed by Rock the Dwayne Johnson, is about... I think he's Dwayne the Rock, but okay. No, no. no I no. like Rock the Dwayne. Yeah, I, I go Rock Dwayne Johnson because that's how I met him. No, He was have, the Rock when I met him. You have to say Rock the Dwayne, though. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne. What yeah. about like Rock the Because that's Kazbaugh. what you said the first time, and I think that sounded Rock really the Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. Okay, I'm all right with that. I'm going to uh, down. Who, who here had time-traveling insurance agent? Did anybody? Anybody? No. Yeah. no. I, I think we need. What? I, I yeah. think you guys need to know when I'm on this show, everything I say should be prefaced with, and this also includes time travel. Right. So you were. Actually, I think that's a good policy. You were. For me to I have. think that's the Whovian. Right. So you were kind of close because the premise of the show is insurance agents that can time travel, and so to avoid making payouts on people who die, awesome. they time that's travel sixty-six awesome. days in the past. They could go sixty-six days to the future. So when they find out someone's going to die, That's awesome. they then prevent it from happening. That's awesome. That is to, an awesome premise for a show. It's so bureaucratic so many slash things. heroic. That's for, funny. There yeah. are so many things I like about what is happening right now <laughs> that I can't even enunciate them all correctly. First, if The Rock is developing this show like as an actual producer, like he just went up 15 or 20 levels in respect for me. Right. If he's starring in it, he was already at the even top better because right. The Rock is no longer the kind of guy who is only an action guy. Which is awesome because this is a sci-fi show. This is super. No matter sci-fi. how funny or and how action-packed yeah. it is, yeah. it is sci-fi. They are this time traveling wonderful. to alter timelines, to save lives, to prevent bureaucratic but companies it, from okay, paying but, out for people. But is it to save lives or is it to idea. cancel people's policy? No, not to cancel the policy. It's to so they don't have to. Pay. So they don't have to pay it. Right. But not 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 have to pay it because they've canceled it. But right. to keep them from action. This right. Is, this they're saving everything about this. They're saving amazing. their lives. For greedy reasons. Like right, I, but who cares? I, yeah, I think good it's great. is good no matter what your call, reason. See, this we were talking about this off the air. I think if you do bad things, even for a good cause, it's still bad. 
So right, if I you agree do, with that though. It's the action, not the reason behind it that makes an action. Right. Good okay. Or bad. So saving the life is good. So no therefore, matter why you right, did yeah. It. Okay. Because right, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a net good for the universe. Net good. Unless if we assume saving a life, unless, unless, unless you <laughs> unless you save Hitler. Right. You save baby Hitler, so you don't have to do a twenty thousand dollar payout. I bet there's somebody with a problem. With I have that. a lot of opinions on this. Baby Hitler. No. <laughs> but go on. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's the other show that's being developed. Also. I just kind of want to talk about YouTube stars in general. You guys, you guys, you, I know, Nico, you watch a lot of YouTube I have, people. I have the knowledge. Okay, so tell me about some YouTube stars. Like, just name a couple and kind of brief, oh. real quick, tell me. What okay, we have uh, Philip DeFranco, who's, he's kind of like a big news guy. He's very much, uh, here's, here's the news, here's my opinion on it. He's yes. got a very big... Uh, I don't know how I feel about news opinion people, but I know who you're talking about. I've seen a couple of his things. He's not bad, but I just don't know how I feel about when people do, like, story my opinion, story my opinion, story my opinion. Well, he likes he likes to he he's very he's very good on following up on information, which is which I think is kind of what makes him consistent. Yeah, he also when he I noticed me that, that you set haven't... him apart because this the current media is very yeah they know, tell the story and they walk away and they ephemeral. don't care. Yeah. yeah, but it surprises me that you have a problem with news than opinion because for sure one of the things and I think you and I are the same on this that we both really really like is John Oliver's show on HBO and that for sure is actual news but it's in the context of his right. opinion. opinion yeah. But it's but it's also I think for me the difference is like he does his opinion. For a comedy standpoint, he still only shines a light on things that need light shining. I think Philip DeFranco, a lot of his stuff isn't necessarily relevant, but it's things his viewers care about, so it's relevant for for that little bubble. Then how could it not be in the context of opinion? I, I, wait, I'm not sure what you're asking. You're making an opinion call on about what your viewers care about, right? Right. That's your opinion on what your viewers yeah, care about. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, well, yeah, no, I mean, well, every news story in that element of it is is opinion. Like, no matter what news covers what, that, right. There's at least an element of we think this is what's important to the people. Right. The news always so, shows bias based on what they cover. Right. Exactly. So, so I'm ignoring that element of opinion. Fair enough. You what, mean like I, as this reporter, I know you care about this story, but I think it's dumb. Right. That kind of opinion. Yeah. And so, like, what, what a lot of what Philip DeFranco will, will do, and I'm not necessarily bad mouthing, because again, it's a successful thing for his little bubble, is that his viewers want to hear that story. So he talks about that story and then he gives his opinion on that story. And a lot of times his opinion, it doesn't somehow enhance the story. It's just, I'm Philip DeFranco, and this is how I feel now that I've told right, you about no. it. So, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I understand the, the like that's not positive, right? But that's kind of just how YouTube goes in general. They say, "Okay, request what you want to see. I'll do what you want to see." It's also you have you have to kind of build it's a little your dicey. Yeah, it's a little no, dicey. No, literally, they're always like, "Right, but that's your not, request below." Literally, but that's not, that's not with, like but that's not with news, though, right? Like that's not with the news element of YouTube. That's like we're gonna, I'm going to discuss the topic, or I'm going to clarify this issue. Yeah, let but me also, know. I think the issues that are big and prevalent are the ones that Ooh. people want to see anyway. Yes, that's, that's that Fair enough. part. Okay, and so that's what people are gonna want clarity so on. So taking that, like, everybody's talking about this. I don't really right. know what's going on. Let me go to this YouTuber I respect slash and value get, their and opinion. Get their opinion and on get it. the summary. Get their opinion. Therefore, so now saying that, I want to transition to there's two news pieces that have kind of pushed YouTube stars into the spotlight. And they're very different. We're gonna do these really quick. Austin Jones is one of these one of these YouTube guys who just he just random funny stuff and people love him. Uh, he's now facing criminal inappropriate charges for things with children. He essentially oh. asked two underage uh, female fans oh, I I know, I to send this. him yeah. photos. And so now he's in a lot of trouble for having photos you're not supposed to have. Yeah. Um, now that to me, this level of, of stardom creates this issue because these are people who are famous, and I'm using air quotes, but don't have that sort of built-in system that real famous people get, such as managers and agents, 
right. who protect no, them I, from this poor decision. Some YouTubers, some YouTubers, and agents. well, they've they've started to, but really YouTubers, the, YouTubers for a long time have had managed not necessarily managers because sometimes they'll hire like an independent manager. Well, they'll hire a, like lot, of, a lot of friend to manage their stuff. No, not exactly, because there's some of them that also hire. They they also get picked up by a network, right? And then mm-hmm. the network will often tell them like. Hey, this is like the best content you kind of can produce. Right. They'll give you. They'll, they'll make. You but they a don't. Budget. But they don't help these people with their with their message and with their personal stuff. What I'm talking about is like a rock star has a manager who not only books tours, but when something happens behind the scenes, he actively works and like hires publicists and other right. things to contain those situations. And to be fair, the 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 scale is much smaller. You're right. not going to make nearly but, enough money. But I don't even think it's necessarily a scale thing. When rock stars or when TV stars or movie stars have agents and managers and people to protect their interests, that's the company that runs it, protecting the interests of their content that they've created. YouTube has, it's all user-generated content. So YouTube doesn't have a vested interest in making sure the people who put stuff on YouTube don't look like idiots. Yeah, they don't care at all. It's just about the views and the views or how they even reward them financially. Then the Mm -hmm. other flip side of that is this chick Marina Joyce. Who she's one of those people who oh if you want to see me do something stupid you know comment blah 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 anyway developed thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and now her fans have sort of gone rabid and weird because her videos are getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder uh, cries for help there are now guns in the background of things people are saying that she's making videos against her will uh, they're like oh, her is eye that contact that, like, is really Barbie off girl where yeah. she like looks like real doe eyed and real young and so like all of a sudden now yeah. her videos are getting really weird and loopy and she's talking in circles. Not making she's, sense. she's talking in circles, and then she also. This is kind of a more recent development. She's a lot of people just suspect that she's literally just either gone on the deep end or has really this gone into drug use, right? Yeah, because her subscriber count went from like I think it was like around 40,000 to like 1.3 million in a matter of like three months. And there, and there are a bunch of YouTube stars who they're like, I guess they're friends behind scenes, and they say that she deals with personal issues, and none of them want to comment publicly. So it seems like she might be dealing with either mental issues or drugs. But the issue is her fans are what's causing the story to drive because they're like – there was a fan who even called the police and asked them to go to her house and investigate it. Right, because mm-hmm. they, they seem worried for her. But I think – I also think that she's, she's also made videos that are just very weird. Uh, she has one video where she's basically saying, like, that she is, she is a goddess and that uh, everything around her is, like – amazing and wonderful well, and it's i like heard there's super, another video where she weird. literally just said her name on loop for 10 minutes if she is doing this to increase her followers like this is a brilliant strategy it so really, people so like to watch the slow decline of someone absolutely so and not even from like a, i'm glad you're going through misery thing but because it's, it's like interesting watching to a see. train wreck yeah. yeah right so this is either really smart or really sad and yeah. that's kind of the interesting thing about youtube is it doesn't control the content or the message it just feeds it to the people. Right. And mm-hmm. so that that's kind of what I want to talk about here. I'm glad we got to talk about you that. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. Nice. And we're going to get out of here and eat on a break. And we come back, we're going to do some more Nerd Thug Radio. It's funny. Hey, guys. It's the unlocally famous Joey Savage with Nerd Thug Radio. You know that. You're listening to the show. I want to talk about my friends over at Wild Thing Restaurant. 1488 I-45. They have the hottest girls, the coldest beer, the best food in all of Conroe. Get on down there, see the girls dressed up in them short blue jean shorts, them cowboy boots. They're going to treat you real nice. Ask for our girl Rocky when you're there. She'll take care of you. Just tell her Nerd Thug Radio sent you. That's Wild Thing Restaurant, I-45, 1488. Best scenery in town. Oh, yeah, that's right. For life. DLGs for life. 
Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. The Speaking sister. of sisters, no, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no Tia and Tamara. Tia and Tamara Maori. Tia and Tamara, you guys. Man, the Lucas. You bro. don't mean that because I know you don't mean that. <laughs> I don't have anything there. I don't mean anyway, that. Anyway, before we devolve too far down this road, <laughs> with me, my sister Vicky DLG, as well as our producer extraordinaire, Nico DLG. That's right, the ninja DLG. And then, as always, the bearded wonder helping us out today, the Zach Attack. Hey. Hey, hey guys. Hey. hey guys. It's the it's the calm before the storm. I don't know why you say things like that. Anyway, <laughs> you can find us on nerdthugradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, backslash nerdthugradio. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us at your mama's house because we be everywhere. IRLoneStar.com is the app, is the website, is the radio station. We stream because we rule. Anyway, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have Vicky here today is because Vicky is on her way to becoming a personal trainer. Is this correct? Woo-hoo, oh, let me yes. pull up the extra close Victoria camera. Oh, Bam. man. Pull it in tight. Oh, oh, hey, pull it in super tight. Hey. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to brag on you a little bit here. Okay. You have lost a tremendous amount of weight over the past year and a half. Is yeah. that a fair time frame? Yeah, that's a fair time frame. Um, a tremendous amount. Every time I see you, there's less of you. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that because I only like you so much anyway. And so the more of you there was, was yeah, the more of you there was like divided by love, there was less love for you <laughs> per unit. And now there's less of you. Per unit, Victoria. Right. Okay. Algebra coming through again. Right. Per Victoria units, you were getting less love. But now there's less of you. You're getting more love per Victoria. Unit of Victoria. Ratio. Exactly unit right. of Victoria. One Victoria, the love's not ever changed. The well, let, let, let's just say sometimes based on stories she tells, it does. Love per pound has gone <laughs> goes, up. Goes up. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a fair way your, to say Your this. love per pound has increased while your poundage has decreased. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I've lost about 70-ish pounds. Um... And a very healthy, slow, slow descent where you've been really, and you can always see like really fit. Like there weren't times where you were like, man, it looks like you need a sandwich because like your face is sunken in from the <laughs> diseases. Really right? Yeah, no, from the tapeworms. Right. Like, yeah. You never looked like the dried out mummy <laughs> pre-possession of souls of other things and all that. Right. Yeah. So the thing everyone asks always, right? Right. Well, how? How did you do it? And it's it's the boring way, guys. You do, know, do you ever want Nutrition to... and exercise. It's there's only one way to do you it. Didn't, you didn't rub a lamp and wish on a genie? Um, you, didn't, you didn't eat tapeworms? No. Well, nobody said anything about that. <laughs> right, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, a, weird, the, the, that's a weird way to define nutrition. <laughs> right. It's the slow, boring way. Well, the slow, boring way. way. Yeah. You know, slow consuming torturous. parasites or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cycling internal parasites. All right. Yeah, oh, it's fine. Uh, it's chill. Weird. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to actually talk about y'all's challenge. Oh, God. Since we're since we're talking about this, right? All, we've all failed except for one of us. <laughs> Has, have we have we discussed it? Have Whoa. we discussed this on air yet? Well, I'm oh, killing the, it. The, the Nerd Thug Radio uh, weight loss challenge. Yes, I don't uh, know if I don't think we, I don't think we have. I think it was just a mutual agreement between all of us. So between oh. so behind the scenes, why? Well, I mean, like I think a we were, suicide pact. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Behind the scenes, uh, several of Team Nerd Thug Radio in a group chat stupidly decided. That the loser would do two things. It's a then, weight loss challenge. It's a weight loss challenge. Not said that. Right. Well, that's what I was getting to. So the, the losers of this event would do two things, and then the biggest, the worst loser <laughs> would do a third thing, and the winner would be the person who either lost the most weight or most percentage, and we would try and parse that so that someone we like won. However, it doesn't really matter because in the group chat, Donnie Utah has been updating us regularly 
and is religiously losing weight. Yeah, and he's been real snide about it. Right, because he's like, oh, I'm probably losing, but this is what I've done. Yeah, shut up, Donnie. Right, and yeah, essentially... And everyone else has basically given up and or forgot about right. it. Like, I've just stopped so replying to the text. is there a prize for winning? Correct. Yeah. All okay. of the losers are putting in $50 to the winner. Ooh. Also, all of the losers... Which means Donnie will... has officially gotten money out of all of us. Right. Also, all of the losers <laughs> will have yet. to shave the day of the weigh-in. Right. And the worst loser... The one who has lost the, the least, least uh-huh. will have to clean shave every day for 30 days. Is 30 that what days. we all said? And what? take pictures every day yeah. to prove that they are staying shaved. Right. Looking like an idiot. Well, <laughs> Looking like a naked mole rat. Right. And the thing of it is, is more than likely, uh, our friend Joey Savage, who we're going to hear from here in a little bit, our friend Joey Savage is probably the worst loser. We've kind of been discussing it internally and He's pretty much given up the challenge and and in some ways is going the other way. And he already kind of looks like a baby. Right. And it's like he has <laughs> well, he has trouble growing facial hair anyway. If I was going to say that but Joey does like his head's usually shaved and he's usually Right, shaven anyway. But but no, he's not clean shaven. That's the sad part. Is that's hard work for him. Yeah. Like what you. That's see, what I'm looking forward to most. If he's the biggest loser, right? Right. We're making him do something every day. Right. Because he doesn't shave right now, and you just don't know because he doesn't grow hair on his face um. or on his head. Pretty much neck up, no hair. <laughs> he almost looks like he has alopecia. Like almost. Oh yeah. Almost. Yeah, that's accurate. Except for the eyebrows. Like if he somehow mm. lost his eyebrows in some sort of grilling accident, mm. he would look like alopecia victim Maybe. number one. Mm. Um, not a joke. Power through, people. You're beautiful no matter what you do. Alopecia is just baldness, you know. Right. right? Yeah. It's just pe- no. It's the no, people. It's hairlessness. Yeah. Hairlessness. It's not the same as baldness. Right. Yeah. I don't Victoria, think. geez, why could be so insensitive? Yeah. Come on, man. Anyway. <laughs> what the heck? Anyway, Victoria, you've done a really good job losing weight, and you're about to kind of transition into helping other people lose weight. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on today to talk a little bit about some things our listeners can do while they're at work, jamming out to the podcast, or sitting at their desk pretending to do stuff while their boss isn't looking over their shoulder. Give Give us some things sitting at a desk. What can people do to kind of stay at least active and not go in the negative direction? All right. So I don't I don't want to burst anyone's bubble or scare anybody, but sedentary a sedentary lifestyle is actually one of the cardiovascular like health risks factors. Right. Oh my God. Really, really not great. <laughs> Which is and, one of the reasons heart disease is one of the biggest killers in America. Exactly. That's, that's my why wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. And so that's why there's this huge push for fitness and health and diet and People are really monetizing it and kind of going a little bit to the extreme. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, they've start, they've. I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, people are starting to talk about including overfitness into the eating disorder category. It is, yeah. So the They're people who are going it. too far, the the meal preppers to the nth degree, who yes. eat the three ounces of smoked salmon for like eight months at a time. No, yeah, they're even, like, it, it's, there's the fitness component that they're saying is an issue, and they're also, like, saying the nutrition, where where people will really feel bad if they eat something that's not according to diet or not healthy. Or, right. That's right. why I shy away from stuff like that. Like meal planning? Yeah. And yeah. Like fitness and stuff. Like, I don't want to become one of those people. Who's You're now... really worried about just your mental health. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that should also be a mental disorder, the, the, I'm too soft. who I am. Right. I'm too soft to actually change. Like right. mentality, so let's let's call that softophobia. I don't know. <laughs> I know the place I am where I, in my life physically, I don't have the willpower or mental fortitude to change that enough to make a difference. <laughs> right. So I just opt to do nothing. Well, well I'm here to tell you that you can actually make a difference. And Listen to that. What a lot Listen of people, that. what a lot of people actually don't know. Speaker. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What a lot of people don't know is that you can actually reap all the benefits of like uh, exercise and changing your diet without technically losing weight 
Like right. you still see those health benefits regardless of whether you lose. You're talking about or like not. you're talking about like the boost of energy, kind oh. of the positive mindsets, the euphoria feelings. Well, and physically, it, exercise More helps energy. prevent colon cancer, breast cancer. Um, it, it it can do a lot, and you can receive those benefits regardless of. You also you lose sometimes gain superpowers. It's yeah. true. That I, is true. I have. Where, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. One hundred percent. I struggle and like the logic intelligent part of my brain knows what you're saying is true, right? Like exercise is good for you, whether it makes you lose weight or not. Eating healthy is good for you, whether it makes you lose weight or not. But my struggle is it's very, very hard to visualize how much healthier my colon is because I'm now exercising and <laughs> well, eating healthy, and they right? Talk about, yeah. And so when I don't lose weight, it becomes disheartening where I'm like, I'm not getting any benefits. Right. And so one of the things, so I've also, because of the weight loss challenge, also just in general, I'm 33. I don't currently take, uh, or I didn't, so I don't take any medication for any health issues. And so I was like, I need to go to the doctor and start kind of looking into myself because over the next 10 years will be that crucial time period where it either goes uphill or downhill yeah. and it's about what you put into it. You only have one body. I recently went through some stuff that makes you realize that. So because of that, I started, you know, eating better. I went to a doctor specifically about trying to help myself lose weight. So she actually put me on some prescriptions that'll help that. Um, mm-hmm. But during that process, that's right. I'm cheating and I'm going to win. Yeah, I was going to say, that <laughs> that's right. seems unfair. Well, you know, one said the rules were don't see a doctor. I'm going to pull it. Yeah. I got, that's out, fair. I got that's outside fair. help. That's not my problems. Anyway, one of the things is, chop my arms one of the things is like my stepdad, <laughs> my stepdad went through, he did the stomach sleeve surgery to help himself lose weight because he, he, he worked out for a little while and felt like he was hitting physical barriers. So he was like, let me just adjust my body to lose weight faster. So he's ahead of me on this path. And what he was saying was like, I weigh myself every day because I like to see even those small benefits. And to mm-hmm. me, I was like, if I weighed myself every day and didn't see enough change My solution to, to that, warrant the unhappiness. That's, that's exactly why. That's, so I, I don't only do weigh once I, a week. I weigh once a month right now, and it's strictly when I go to the appointments to check on myself. Yes. And those gains are enough. Weight I 100% so much day over day. support right. that. Because you do. I, I've been in that part of my journey where I was obsessed with every gram of every f- single food I put into my mouth. And I or I was weighing myself every day. It can really become compulsive. So my my main tips are just keep it simple. The simpler, the better. So sit down take at a desk. photos. If you want to track your progress, take photos. Do right. photos instead of weight. I'm telling you because you'll see the, a difference before you feel a difference. The body composi- composition is going to change before really the numbers do. So give me getting out of here. We got about 35 seconds. Give somebody like something they, while they're sitting at their desk. What could they be doing every day to help improve fitness? Number one, check your posture. Your core strength really debilitates when you're sitting in a chair all day. Now keep your back straight, your shoulders down, your head up. Do your best to keep everything neutral and really focus on your back and your core. Number two, fidget all day. Your muscles, they actually have valves in your veins that pump stuff, that pumps that blood back to your heart when you're moving your like when you're moving your calves, there's valves in there and that blood is going right back to your heart. You hear that guy in the cube next to you who complains while you tap your pen? He's literally trying to kill you. Fidget, 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 fidget. You're burning extra calories. And lastly, take breaks. Set a timer on your phone. Every couple of every hour or so, go up and walk around. If you if you need to email somebody who's two cubicles over, get up and go talk to them instead. And then send a follow up email so you and don't get in trouble later. But yeah, I like what you said there. Boom. That's smart. What we're gonna do here is we're gonna get out on a break because that's smart. Listen to our sponsors. Listen to our friends. Then come back and around. listen to yeah. Go fidget and listen to Nerd Thug Radio. There's going to be an introductory hypnosis training July 14th through the 16th of 2017. It's open to everyone interested about learning hypnosis. For more information, uh, there's a phone number that you could look into. It's 281-336-0201 or an info.cchoston at gmail.com. Hypnosis is an incredible way to make changes in a life. 
It can help people increase physical performance, break habits, quit smoking, get motivation to achieve goals and dreams, or even learn how to stop procrastinating. Uh, it can help someone be a better person and finally have the happiness that they're looking for. Um, so anyone interested to learn to change their thoughts uh, to create a better world around themselves should look into this introductory hypnosis training course, July 14th through the 16th, 2017. Oh, that's right. Faux life. Faux life. In honor of the NWO theme music, it is the DLG takeover today. No Joey Savage, because that's the way we roll. It's Corey DLG on Nerd Thug Radio. You're listening to us on 104.5, 106.1. I call them the sister stations. Uh, you can also hear us on IRLoneStar.com, where we are streaming right now live, unless you're listening to us on a podcast, in which case we are not streaming. But if you're listening to us on a podcast, that means you probably went to NerdThugRadio.com or Facebook backslash NerdThugRadio, or on an iPhone, you went to the Purple Podcast app and searched NerdThugRadio, or you came by my house and I told you how to do it, or you hit me up on Facebook, or you hit Joey up on Facebook, or Nico, or Vicky, or Zach Attack. Or, you know, you've ever heard of the internet. <laughs> Right, and podcasts are a thing. Joe Rogan didn't invent them. Um, so anyway, that's what we do. And uh, real quick, because Joey's not here, we're going to go ahead and give him his 30 seconds of fame while he talks about our friends over there at Space Cadets. This time I'm right, right, Nico? Yep. Oh, yeah, Space Cadets. Hey, guys. It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. With school wrapping up and summer fast approaching, the kids need to get out of the house and need a place to go. Space Cadets. With comic books, collectible card games, board games, role-playing games, and toys, all in a family-friendly atmosphere? What more could a person ask for? Space Cadets Gaming Gaming has the largest Pokemon League in Texas, and in various events every day, and especially the weekends. Dungeons & Dragons, Family Game Night, and other various events are regularly scheduled at Space Cadets Gaming Gaming on Robinson Road in Oak Ridge. Hey, guys. The Woodlands. Oh, I didn't mean to play it twice. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> Joey, you can't do twice. Yeah. So that's enough Joey Savage for that segment. Jeez, that guy, you know, hogging everything. I mean, he's not here. We played him. That was awesome. Anyway, um, welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, guys. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, and you should definitely check out Space Cadets because we do love them. We love the BMAC. Space Cadets Gaming Gaming is a fun place for us to go. We do a lot of stuff there. We're also doing the Nerd Thug Clicks Battle Royale Federation. I don't even know what we're calling the thing. I don't know either. But anyway, you we guys do those. Really should have settled on a name. I feel like a long time. I think. No, I, I want to be very clear. I feel like we did settle settle on a name, but as the talent, I don't go to the meetings, so you know what's up. That's fair. I yeah. think you guys probably did settle on a name, and then you all forgot what you settled on, so yeah. you keep resettling on no, a name. Like one person probably knows exactly what it is, but that person's not here, and that's yeah. not my problem. And that's, also, that's, it's fictitious. That's that's the savage man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, check out Space Cadets whenever you hang out and want to do nerd stuff. There's people there. They're fun people. They're nice people, and a lot of times they have good food there too. Sometimes. Yeah, they are super friendly. I'm gonna start calling uh joey captain baby captain baby <laughs> baby face i think captain baby is funnier <laughs> captain baby huey because it conveys respect while also being dismissive at the same time <laughs> yeah. wait yeah, why are you dismissive of babies because they don't count they can't talk they can't walk they rely on other people for everything they're <laughs> wow. useless wow they're a drain i, I hope one's getting roasted by zach right okay. well that sounds bad too <laughs> yeah zach stop roasting babies anyway <laughs> We're going to go on to the segment now that it's been completely derailed and Victoria pointed out cannibalism. Um, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> but you're the one doing it. Don't don't try and pawn it off on someone else. Uh, E3 just happened. Oh, yes. Uh, and my I time to just, shine. At this point, uh, as you hear my voice, it's been like over a week. However, yeah. uh, we like to give people a little bit of time to digest and also through the magic of time travel, we record after things happen and before you hear Into us. the future. That's right. So 
E3 happened. There's some cool games. I kind of just want to talk just in general about these little games, some neat things that kind of happened. Um, yeah. It was sort of a disappointing E3. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it, 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 it you're incorrect. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't the same there's usually there's like a surprise game that they announce right here at E3 and they're like yeah. and it's coming out in 3 or 4 months and that didn't really happen this time. No, there wasn't there wasn't like a big surprise hit, but it was by far dis not disappointing. There's but what's we'll here's the thing. It is disappointing in the sense that there's a lot of these games that they're talking about aren't going to come out for a long time. Like they debuted some game footage of Spider-Man which looks amazing and then they announced the release date is 2018. Why would they do it this year then? Because it'll come out before the next E3, so it's like seven months, uh, seven to. But isn't that 10 always months. a risk when you do something only annually? Yeah, well, it is, but typically with these things, they time them a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But if you're already you're doing gameplay footage that looks that clean, you're probably closer to a release date than next year. But you're still like, oh, we want to add more stuff, so we're gonna take longer yeah. on it, which is fine. Except it just means the well, stuff's I mean, gonna come out way later. Again, E3 is never like a really good place to be like, oh, you know, these these are the games they're gonna they're gonna you know, be out in a few months because, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, we showed this game at E3 and then it doesn't come out for like nine years. That has uh, happened. There have been games that have won game of the convention, game of E3, E3 game of the year type stuff. And then those games don't even come out for multiple years later. It sounds like the video game industry really needs to get its stuff together. Well, a lot, um, of, a lot of it has to do with the long development time and how correct, quickly uh, correct. technology advances. Because you, be, you can creating this wonderful and beautiful world and then the next console generation hits and now, all of a sudden, all the work you've been doing on the previous engines don't work anymore. Well, like, for example... So now you have to rebuild things from the ground up right. instead of having to... And to kind of follow up on that, when the PlayStation 4 was announced and in that window where it came out, but PlayStation 3 was still getting games, the, a lot of those games were only for the PlayStation 3 and not both systems. And the sales probably suffered... Because of it. ...of that factor because people were spending the money to buy... Right, they were spending money to buy the new system. Or they trade in their old system. And these people were on the tail end of the cycle of the PlayStation 3... And so they kind of missed out on that stuff. Um, one thing in particular, uh, I, I read a really interesting article about one of my favorite games that has already come out, Mass Effect. Um, Andromeda. Andromeda. And they talked about basically what happened was typically in the last uh, 18 months of a game is polish. So by the time you get to a year and a half out from release date, you already have the plot built, you already have the game built, you already have the characters built, and you're going through and polishing, 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 and debugging, debugging. There's tons of debugging because video games are so big and complex now. Uh, this game was supposed to have, you know, 60 hours of story play before you even get into all the extra stuff you could do. So we talk about debugging, it's a massive thing. The problem with this game was, and it was massively panned, everyone hates it. Instead of getting at least an 85 or higher in, in Metascore, which the other Mass Effects did, it got something in the 70s because the game was just, it wasn't ready because they spent the first year and a half developing a concept and a game that they then couldn't deliver on. They got a year and a half into it, and they had built this beautiful galaxy that self-generated like No Man's Sky, where they taught the physics to the computer, and the computer built the world. But then they couldn't integrate story into the world that they built because it was all self-generated. So then they had trouble causing the pop-up events and causing the story to happen because you couldn't control where people went. So how do you generate the story? They had to, You would force the player to have to find the story, and that's really hard to do. So that's one of the reasons the game bombed. Do you think that because happens a lot in designed. video games? Because they're so look at all the cool stuff we can do, and they don't take a step back and say, "Yeah, we can I do think, it." I think but it happens. Does this make the most sense for the story or it, the, what we want to? If play? there's poor leadership, yes, because yeah. that's that's the it key. happens. It happens frequently, and also a lot of times uh, development budgets and right. Uh, you know, there game, there's been some games that will have it. They'll have a team, and then you know, mid mid production. 
that whole team will get fired, and then they have to rehire a new team, and they have to either build on right. or literally just start over. That's what I'm saying. The video game industry doesn't have its act together. Well, yeah. Well, you got to think. Okay, so if if a game costs, it's now the big the big titles do cost twenty to twenty five million dollars to create because they're banking on selling almost a million copies at at, at sixty dollars a pop. So that's how they that's how they make their money. So they're hoping like the big ones basically just double their money, but people are such big fans that then they buy all the ancillary things, the DLC and all that stuff. But yeah, what'll happen is like let's say a publisher is publishing six games, and that's kind of the limit of their budget. If game three of the six games that they are working on at the same time tanks, that funding can literally destroy the budget for two of the other games. So then they're like, do we spread the loss among all the games and make five subpar games? Do we cancel two games to save the remaining three? Do you have these you have issues come up because sometimes people overreach. And again, it's poor leadership. It's um, the video game industry is a lot about what you think you can do. And then when you find out you can't do it, it's kind of too late because you're you're pot committed at that point. You're 10 million in, you're 8 yeah. million in. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's it, complicated. It's a weird way to do business and to have a business model, right? I'm going to make a game that's going to be brand new. And I'm going to budget to make five iterations of this game. But if the first one fails, I'm still locked in for these other four iterations. Well, essentially, that's so Mass Effect is supposed to launch a massive franchise. The first three was a trilogy. This was going to be a second trilogy in a brand new galaxy. They've created new worlds, new aliens, and new people, and new places. And the first game did so bad that they basically put the whole project on hold. That's what but, I'm saying. Uh, but also, but also that, that is, a, again, a huge part of like the difference between because there's video game publishers and then video game developers because right. they're two separate industries. Right. And uh, it's like Marvel uh, Comics and then people who make comics, but instead, there's no one who Marvel Comics doesn't directly hire comic book creators almost anymore yeah. so like ea sports will literally sub the whole thing to a developer but they're still the publisher right so they'll publish so a lot of a lot of issues come from publishing dates and they're like we need this game published by september and those deadlines sometimes you know with the with the uh fiasco that was uh, andromeda what had happened was those months of polish and development time that could have made the game great because I mean a patch was released not but three months later that made the game significantly better because But at that point it's too late. All it, momentum is exactly dead. so what was good about E three, Nico? Because clearly uh, the way video games do business wasn't it. Uh Nintendo. Everything Nintendo did was right. flawless. All they had they had tons of games that were just wildly interesting. Mario Odyssey is like set out to be like one of the best platformers to ever. Is that exist. the one where he's in like a city? No, like, no, no, so, so that game already city. happened. Oh. The so city game happened last console, right? Uh, there's a there's there's one there's I think there's one section in the city, but like there's like a whole section where he goes to like a huge dinosaur land, and like the whole bit is that he can throw his hat, and then Mario like transfers his like conscience to that thing, so you can right. so he throws his hat onto a T Rex, and now you're the T Rex, right? Like it's it's the next level of good, right? So then you control I think you control Mario and the thing your your hat is on at the same time. But wait, is it still 360 what? in first person? It's not first person, but it's like it's like yeah, it's like, it's super, it's like, it's like Mario sixty four. Yeah. Hard pass. So they 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 released a lot of cool things. I'll kind of sum up some games I think are going to matter. One of them was a little indie game called King's Way. It's good. It looks like an old nineties Windows desktop, and you play the whole game on this little eight bit desktop looking design. And so it's got like the design elements have worked completely through the game. There's not even music unless you open an old Winamp app to play music. Like it's. The design generates the game kind of in that one. I think that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. PlayStation 4 released a lot of cool stuff. Strange, Brig uh, Strange Brigade, Brigade four-player, multiplayer, but you're in like this Egyptian era. It's a time era that people don't usually touch on, and you're kind of looking for rich artifacts, the four of you are working together. Anthem is going to be Bioware's uh, competition to Destiny. 
Oh, it looks, it looks way better. It it's looks way better. It's essentially customizable Iron Man armors. Like, everyone is Tony Stark. Yeah. In, like, a post-apocalyptic, so like have, futuristic like, like world. Different types. Right. Even you can be Tony Stark. Though. I'm already Tony Stark. Um, so, anyway, there was a game called um, A Way Out, which was cool. It's The entire thing is continuous two-player on PlayStation 4, side-by-side. Side. You have to have a second person to play the game. And, literally, the whole game is a prison break. And the two of you can go completely different ways. But you both have to be involved. Right. You that's both are cool. trying to work together to break out of prison. That's, that's from a studio called, they did another game called Tale of Two Brothers, which is basically the same thing. You, you either took two players, or literally you controlled either, either brother with two of the different analog sticks. Right. <laughs> I do like the idea of video games that uh, impose some weird outside-of-the-game restriction or rule around gameplay. It's one of the reasons I like the Wii, right? Right. Because there was something very clear you had to do outside of the game right right right. so they so they announced some other stuff star wars battlefront was the most watched video game trailer in the entire history of the internet battlefront 2 comes out in november this trailer is a big deal the game's going to be a big deal they released a trailer for something called beyond good and evil 2 beyond good and evil is a game that's about 10 years old this trailer while it's in the same universe talking animals cool futuristic weapons cursing and looks like an adult grown-up uh, zootopia no one has any idea what the game's going to be like no one the trailer is five minutes of really cool you have no idea what the game's going to be like. <laughs> also, in the VR world, they created a game called Moss, and you are a person in a mouse's world, and you are helping the mouse accomplish its mission. And, like, because you're in the VR, like, it looks and talks to you and interacts with you. Like a real mouse, not an anthropomorphized one? It's, I mean, it, it has, like, humanistic qualities. Like, it, it gestures and bows to you to thank you and things like that. But it's, but it's not, not like a mouse. talking mouse. Right, no, it's not a talking mouse. Yeah, so, like, it, it you and it work together to solve puzzles. I may have to dip my toes back into video games. Yeah, so there's some cool stuff coming up. Uh, we went way over on time. We're going to cut time. You know where we're going to cut it, Nico? Hmm. Your segment. Wow. Roasted. Yeah. Roasted. Today's Nico segment is going to be like five minutes. Anyway, yeah. Nerd Thug Radio, hashtag talking nerdy to you. Hey guys, Nico DLG here with Nerd Thug Radio. And with school wrapping up and summer fast approaching, when the kids need out of the house, they should go to Space Cadets. With comic books, collectible card games, board games, role-playing games, and toys all in a family-friendly atmosphere, what more could a person ask for? Space Cadets Gaming Gaming has the largest Pokemon League in Texas and various events every day and especially weekends. Dungeons & Dragons, Family Game Night, and various other events regularly scheduled at Space Cadets Gaming Gaming on Robinson Road and in the Woodlands. See? <laughs> That's right, Conroe. We're back to Nerd Thug Radio. Top of the hour here. You're driving around and you're listening to the best show in the history of the known planet, right, Nico? Yeah, definitely. Definitely right. radio-wise, at least. Yeah. No, in sure. all forms of media, in the history of all media right. since the beginning until the end, there will never be a better show than the Nerd Thug Radio. I that is it. the opinion of one Nicolas de la Guardia. It's true. I work on it. Oh, do you mean Nick of Time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, um, really, that's really good. <laughs> so this is Corey DLG, and you're listening to us on 104.5, 106.1. True. They're the sister stations. Yep. Uh, you can check us out on nerdthugradio.com or on Facebook backslash nerdthugradio or on Twitter or on Live Journal or blogs or other places or just Live look at Journal. If you Google Nerd Thug Radio, you won an award and you'll find us. Uh, one of those is true, one of those is not. Good luck figuring out which. It's not the one you think. Right. No, it probably <laughs> is. I mean, who knows what you think? Because you're on the radio and you hear me. Did you know you can just buy <laughs> trophies? Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. good at so many things now. <laughs> <laughs> you can just sign kids up that aren't yours and take their trophies when, like, the season's over. I don't need... What? Yeah, just sign up kids <laughs> for, like, baseball and stuff and just be like, yeah, that's my kid. And then when the season's over and he gets participation award, because you would not pick a good baseball player. 
So your suggestion here is to register another person's child for something to get a trophy you can just go and buy? Yeah. Because you're an adult with a credit card? Right. Okay. Yeah. It's more fun to steal it from a kid than it is to buy it at a store. I Duh. I guess, but couldn't you, like, don't you have to not get the paperwork involved in registering a stranger? Couldn't you just steal it from a kid? And this, <laughs> this is why we wind up with 15-minute segments. Um, anyway. It's that time of the day, guys, where we do the weekly top three. This is in honor of uh, Spiderman's movie coming out this weekend. Spider-Man's. We know, Spider-Man. we know everyone's going to go see Peter Perker in his Spider-Man glory. Uh, little Robert Downey Jr. this time, mixing it up. Uh, there's going to be Michael Keaton's The Vulture. And The Shocker apparently makes a, a uh, is in this movie also. Oh, man. You mean not Electro? Not Electro. Nope. Jamie Foxx was busy, and um, no one else is worthy. Who's playing oh. The Shocker? Uh, I don't know. I just noticed in some of the previews, they got a guy with like big vibric electric gloves shooting Spider-Man around. So that's who the Shocker is. That makes sense. Um, It might not even actually be called the Shocker, but just be like an homage. And then also they did the cool little homage of like the Scarlet Spider blue hoodie suit. I've seen that in some of the previews. So this is going to be an interesting movie. There's going to be a lot going on because they're pulling from a lot of different Peter Parker Spider-Man angles to tell this story. I also feel like there's going to be a lot of nods to like comic book spider-man fans yeah and and like it'll go completely over the heads of people who are fans of spider-man but via the movies only right like the scarlet like the scarlet spider thing like i recognize he was wearing a hoodie but i never would have made the connection to the scarlet spider right right so in honor of all of that we're doing a weekly top three. Oh yeah oh yeah all right we're not gonna freestyle because there's four of us we're gonna kind of just try and get through this (laughs) because one thing we've done without the savage has gone way over on time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be concise and we're going to be hilarious or we'll probably just be concise. Nico, you're All right, number here we three. Go. Uh, when Spider-Man attempts to uh, get a suit together and it's absolutely terrible. Terrible. Much any, any attempt at that either in the original movies mm-hmm. or like yeah. when he goes into like the wrestling ring and he's got like a weird mask on. <laughs> or in the, uh, the new Spider-Man, he's got like weird goggles. Yeah, when he's yeah no no I definitely he like. He does it. seem surprisingly bad at wardrobe for somebody who's supposed to be very 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 intelligent. intelligent exactly, well, and that's definitely like an element of Spider-Man, right? Like in the comic books, he's had probably more different looks and costumes than, than like any, any other character right. at all. I feel like that's more relatable. It's too much. Well, that's the thing is like <laughs> I got a lot of outfits, guys. I gotta look nice. Well, he's no, like, well, like the indecisiveness <laughs> where you're like this works, no, this works. Well, no. he's like the lovable loser, and so like sometimes. He's in over his head, so he has to do something drastic to help save the world, and so he uses a different suit. Sometimes it's just, at one point, uh, Spider-Man, for whatever happened to him, he winds up naked, and he's at the Fantastic Four building, so he borrows a Fantastic Four suit, and then to protect his identity, he webs a paper bag onto his head. Um, so he literally fights crime like in the middle wearing of this adventure, bag. wearing barefoot, wearing a paper bag and a Fantastic <laughs> so Four suit. So the bombastic. <laughs> Right. Bagman. That's right. And that was actually a variant action figure at one point. Uh, when I had my little comic book shop, I got a hold of one and sold that bad boy for 80 bucks. Because and it was like a, what, like a four-inch figure? It's literally a four-inch US? figure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those were real dollars. Um, <laughs> Not Monopoly money this time, right. boys. That's, that's just what happens with collectibles, just in general. Stupid mm-hmm. thing, stupid random, hard-to-get things become worse. It's a $100 hero cook piece. That's right. And that's I, rest, the, I rest my case. The, the Thor frog. Victoria. So, yeah. Yeah, that's relevant. Victoria, what is your number three? My number three is gonna be, I guess the the I'm I I'm just a fan of the movies. I haven't read that's any fine. comic wow. books. What so. a square. Go movie. Yeah, I know. Me. I'm not a I'm a fake fan. Fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> fake fan. My my number three is probably gonna be like the quintessential like 
Spider-Man upside down kissing scene. The and Mary that, Jane and that kiss? was like the Mary Jane, yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool mm. scene. Uh, seems totally impractical, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I don't know. Seems does... weird to get things coordinated, but yeah. if, if anybody can make it work, I'm sure Spider-Man can. Well, like in a non-vertical situation, you could totally do that, right? Like it wouldn't even be that big of a deal. Like, But even in a non-vertical situation, mm-hmm. it's nose to chin. Yeah. And nose That's... to like lower face, like it's it's not a good kissing <laughs> position. No, I, it, it, those like, parts mm. of your lips don't line up correctly. That's true. No. Although if you I both have big noses, yeah. If you both have big noses, you've got no other option. If you both have big noses, your lips don't even touch in an upside down kiss like that. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Because the noses because... would line up with chins. Yeah. Right, but then they'd be blocking each other. No, no, that's if you're both facing each other, would they be blocking each other? Why would you kiss if you weren't facing the same? That's what I'm saying. If you you were, one was upside down and one was right side up. You're still facing each other. But the noses would then line up. No, but it would be like this. (laughs) If you both had big noses. (laughs) All right, we were spending way too much time on this. I'm going to do a diagram there later, but he was doing an L7 weenie sign for those who don't know. Uh, Zach, you're number three. Uh, Uncle Ben's death. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, I'm not a big. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm he was dead. And let me, but let me qualify it. I'm, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. I don't. It's boring to me. Okay. Uh, I, I, I do think though that Spider-Man is the, the Boy Scout poster boy of Marvel, right? Right. right. And so I think that Uncle Ben's death, and with that, with great power comes great response, or with great power comes great responsibility. That's an oft-quoted line, and a line that. A lot of people who know nothing about comics know. Exactly. So I think Uncle Ben's death was a good catalyst for the tortured hero kind of shtick. And I have to take something on, not because I want to, but because someone I care about has convinced me that this thing I've gotten is not just for me to be, you know, Mr. Cool Guy, good times. Yeah, he definitely, uh, that's, I mean, that is the crux of the origin story is the death of Uncle Ben. So that is relevant to the story of Spider-Man. And most importantly, he doesn't do this out of a sense of, I would almost even say, like, goodness. It's not a desire that right. he doesn't... He, he doesn't want to put on a suit and fight crime. He it's feels a mantle like, he's been given. He feels like it's, he has no choice but to do this. And it's, he'll, like, it's like that saying, and I forget who said it, but it's the people who who should be in power are the ones who don't want it, right? right. And I think Spider-Man right. defines that perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of paraphrasing. I know. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the quote but, is. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, along yeah. those lines. Right. But anyway, and, and you're right. You're right. That's kind of the idea is that he feels like he has to. And there's been plenty of times in comic books where someone's like... You know, you don't have to go back out there. Like, it's been bad. You're hurt. It's not like there are other heroes in this city. Right. You, it doesn't have to be right. you. He can't take a day off. Right. He's like, I have to. I'm the guy. I'm Spider-Man. Yep. It's got to happen. Yep. Uh, so, so for me. Ben's death. Ben's death. And Uncle Ben and the rice that goes with it. Um, for me, number three is the Scarlet Spider. Um, it was a Fighting cool, the Scarlet Spider? Just, just the moment the Scarlet Spider came in. Um, the story itself was sort of dumb. Because he's like a return of a dead clone, and then it just gets real messy from there. But the look was really—we just said they changed costume all the time. But for a long time, there was a period of inactivity where they really didn't mess with this costume. And Scarlet Spider showed up with a completely different look, but was still very Spider-Man. It was a red bodysuit with a blue hoodie, and the blue hoodie had a Spider-Man symbol, like a spider symbol, on it. But it was all just completely different stylized. Instead of all the accoutrement being hidden, like the web shooters and the belt with the different stuff, it was all on the outside. And it made kind of this weird dynamic where it was like, it just looked, it was almost kind of the reverse of what Peter Parker is. It wasn't it, sleek. Right. It was very cool in like an unexpected way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that element really kind of, it just, it, it really kind of grabbed your attention for a moment when, when sort of all comics were a little bit boring. I was like, man, this is a really cool, it was such a stark contrast. It made a really yeah, lasting it was, impression. It was visually exciting, even if the character themselves didn't change. Right. 
So, um, so Nico, real quick, you want to do your number two, and then we'll get out of here with it? No, I think we have to. We right now, huh? right now. Oh right. my Whoa. gosh! All yeah. right. Well, then in that case, what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll do our twos and ones, real quick style. Nerd Thug Radio hashtag talking nerdy to you. you. Hey guys, it's the unlocally famous Joey Savage with Nerd Thug Radio. You know that you're listening to the show. I want to talk about my friends over at Wild Thing Restaurant. 1488 I-45. They have the hottest girls, the coldest beer, the best food in all of Conroe. Get on down there, see the girls dressed up in them short blue jean shorts, them cowboy boots. They're going to treat you real nice. Ask for our girl Rocky when you're there. She'll take care of you. Just tell her Nerd Thug Radio sent you. That's Wild Thing Restaurant, I-45, 1488. Best scenery in town. Oh, for life. Mm. That's right. Nerd Thug Radio, thanks for coming back. We're in the middle of our weekly top three. This is Corey DLG on 104.5, 106.1. The sister stations on IRLoneStar.com. Community radio. Community matters. So does radio. I just made that up. That should be their punchline now. Anyway, <laughs> Nico from the top of it. Right. Talking about top three Spider-Man moments. Give me your number dose. All right, here we go. Uh, you got Miles Morales, the Spider-Man. He's still a Spider-Man. Counts totally. Uh, when I he love it. Cheeseburger in his pocket, giving it to Molecule Man. I, I love it. It was uh, in the middle of a big crossover, Secret War. Also, Miles Morales is a really cool story. He's inspired by the death of the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker, to become Spider-Man. There's another thrusting responsibility on somebody's situation. Right. Exactly. Even when he dies, he still inspires heroes. That's awesome. That is. It's a really cool idea because the idea that he could Where be murdered and then someone go, else could Pete? step it up. So, Victoria, because we hustling. Hustling, hustling, hustling. Right. Every day I'm hustling. This, hustling, mo- hustling, this hustling, moment hustling. is like a, a, a favorite slash kind of like worst moment. It was so bad it was funny. Okay. Kind of deal. Oh. And it was the um the Tobey Maguire movie. Spider- oh. All three Spider-Man. of them? You're right. They were, they were pretty, Absolutely. It's like really 10 bad. hours of hilarious. They were really bad. <laughs> but it's particularly the one where, uh, one where Venom. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. third, I think it's the third one. Where he gets his venom strut. Yes. And um, he's in the bar and yeah, he's dancing and singing. That is just, it was so was bad. It was good. Scene in it was so movie. bad. It was good. It, no, you're 100% right. You know, okay, so Sam Raimi is the director of that. He's kind of a weird, kind of off the wall director. Like Tim Burton has a signature movie style. Sam Raimi, if, he had a, if you were to call it, it would be goofy. Like a lot of his movies wind up having just a slight element of goof. Yeah. And in that instance, that's like a signature, like, you know it's a Sam Raimi movie because of that, that scene. scene. That's the goof of the scene. It's, it's wonderful. Just so also, it's, he's got, like, the weird so hair in his in eye. Like, yeah. he's so edgy. He's like, he looks like, yeah, he looks like he hasn't slept in about three weeks. Right. So he's just, like, flipping his hair around and dancing. You know it's what it looks so like? Bad. It looks like if the school bookworm started listening to My Chemical Romance and was like, <laughs> now I'm emo. Like, this is my moment. Like, but, he tries to be, but he tries to be <laughs> really suave. He's right. like, finally, I found music that makes me feel how I right. feel. <laughs> finally, finally, someone hears me. And then he has the swoop. Your number two, Zach? Yeah. My number two, and I don't remember what console it was for. I didn't own this video game. I don't even remember for sure where I played it. But there was a Spider-Man game where you could sling webs and they would connect to nothing, but you could still swing. <laughs> I thought that was the greatest feature of any video game ever, that you did not have to aim the webs you slung I'm pretty sure to Spider-Man swing from 2. building to building. 
That is one of my favorite Spider-Man <laughs> moments because I think it was one of the best video game features ever, and it was a completely unintentional feature. They get, it's like they gave no thought to making his web connect to something. Why think, would you need to connect to anything? It's right, super yeah. boring. I just want to swing around. I don't want to actually think about where I'm going. Right, <laughs> right, but you can't build these elaborate background settings and all this detail on the costumes and then be like, we're going to do all this, but we're going to be like, oh, Spider-Man stuff is just really a hovering cable he can hang on. <laughs> but that's accurate. I'd enjoy it. I agree. That's comic book accurate. I agree. It was like Dossim and uh, Street Fighter 2, right? When that rope comes out and he climbs up it or right. whatever. And you're like, where's yeah. he going? It's like, yeah. Exactly. So Spider-Man, one of my favorite Spider-Man moments. It's just defying gravity? Yeah. yeah. It's like Spider-Ham. It's not even defying gravity, because if he could fly, I could accept that. Like, he, they could work him being able to fly in the video game in some weird spider way. It was like, no, no, he's still just a guy who can swing on webs. These webs just now no longer have to connect to anything. <laughs> okay, so like the webs are defying gravity. Right, yeah. the, the, the webs are defying everything we know about right. physics. <laughs> Man, that makes him a heck of a scientist, doesn't it? Because right. he makes the right. webs. Right, again, they could have written it in. Man, you're you know, right. They didn't bother. They're you're like, right. We're not doing it. One line and then the game's perfect. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man has developed zero-G webs. That's right. Oh, in, oh my God. In, yeah, that's it. Done. It's like, do you ever see the the movie with Aaron Eckhart where he's like the uh, PR guy? Yeah. And they're like, Thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. And so he's talking to the movie exec. They smoke in the space station. And uh, he's basically like, well, so yeah, it's one line of dialogue. Right. It's thanks to the da -da 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 device, we can now smoke on the space station. Right. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Spider Man webs. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. They blew it. They did. They absolutely blew it. All right. So my number two is the Maximum Carnage storyline. Uh, because. Pick in, entire storylines. Yeah, absolutely. Because Best moment, the entire story. The entire story. <laughs> yeah. it, it did a couple things really cool. At the time, crossover was a really big deal in comic books, and Spider-Man was one of the few characters at that time who literally had four solo comic books. So wow. not even Batman, not even Superman at How that cool. exact time was doing that. Batman later on goes on to have like five books, and Superman has like ten. But at the time, Spider-Man was the only character so important, he needed four monthly comic books, and they all told different stories. And so from that, what basically what happened is they did the crossover where you have to buy all the titles to get the whole story. But this time, it really showed. So in the 90s, everyone was trying to be edgy and hip and like, oh, everyone's scary and chainmail and leather and everyone's serious. And it pitted Spider-Man against this really edgy 90s group of villains. And you saw that the Peter Parker way, the moral, the, the, the righteousness of Peter Parker was still just as important today as it was when everything started in the 60s and 70s. And that's like a really cool, it's a cool moment to see him compared in that modern era at the time and still see that he's relevant because people still need spider-man he doesn't change the way he fights crime based on the ferocity of the crime he's fighting right exactly so even though these guys are playing for keeps he's still got to be spider-man yeah and worry about it and i Which, thought that was really cool it's a cool moment it's a cool story and everything's so over the top in it it's so crazy the people he's fighting are so evil and elite. they're like demons and like one guy can rot people with his hands like there's no super edgy there's no comparison between like spider-man and these people like they are awful people and Spider-Man still saves the day. All right. Nico, give me your number one. All right, boom. Peter Parker graduated from high school. He did what every, every a young American aspires to do for the most part. You mean the minimal amount expected from exactly. 18-year-olds? <laughs> right. Exactly. Alarming number of 18-year-olds these years are graduating high school. Right, but it doesn't make it. It doesn't make that achievement any more impressive. No. Because no. fewer people are doing it. Right. No, <laughs> no it, it makes it sadder that more people aren't doing it. Right. Why is now, that your favorite moment? Uh, because, it, you know, it, it kind of just makes Peter Parker like a real person. Like he graduated from high school. He goes to he goes to school. He's still he's still a kid. You know what? That's a good point. Not a lot of characters have like real world lives. Yeah, they pretty things. quickly abandon that, right? Like, like once Batman, they like transition Batman, to their superhero like character. Like Batman has like moments where he's Bruce Wayne. Like right. you, you don't, don't see you don't further see. the story of Batman. Right. right. 
they don't have a lot of birthdays. They don't do a lot of Christmases and Thanksgivings. You the, don't see a lot of that. Right. Yeah. The new Miss Marvel um, with the Muslim girl. The Kamala, at least the first Kamala Khan. At Kamala least Khan. the first few trades still had a very strong like this is her normal life element, which I always liked in that. So I, I get where you're coming from on that one. And in the Ultimate Comics, they try to embrace that a little bit more. Brian Michael Bendis was the writer pretty much the whole way through for Ultimate Spider-Man, and he tried to do that every four or five years would be one year of Peter Parker's life. So he would move them up a grade. He would age them all a year. Mm. So the story starts with Peter Parker is essentially 14 or 15. <coughs> and by the end there, he, he's graduated high school. He's now like 19 or 20. And then he gets he dies, and then Miles Morales. And all. Tragic. Right. But that's We're really all very cool. sad. But that's pretty cool. You're right. That's actually one of those things that you kind of forget about in Marvel Comics and in Peter Parker in general. Victoria, what you got? Number one. My number one. For being my least favorite Spider-Man, I have another Tobey Maguire moment. Wow. Tobey Maguire is actually secretly your favorite Spider-Man. Yeah. Is he? Your least, I, your least favorite Spider-Man has been all three of your Right, because Andrew Garfield's <laughs> a way better Spider-Man. He really was. I really liked Andrew Garfield. Um, the, the scene, I think it's because they're so bad that they're funny, and that's why okay, they're my that's favorite. That's fair. Hey. It's the scene where he's learning how to shoot webs, and he's just throwing out random hands that go across the And he's like, yeah, he's like, go, go, yeah. Like, like, go, 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 spider go, web. Go, go. Like, he's just That's shooting out a bunch of different, like, Throwing up gang signs. Uh, Toby Maguire gang signs. <laughs> and then when he does finally get the web, he freaking falls in between the two. But I don't know. It's just, it makes me. I'm just thinking of like Toby funny. Toby Maguire. It's a really, it's a really good sight gag, right? And it's a, it's a, a special nod to anybody who like has read comics because they, anyone who's read comics knows there are certain characters like that actually have to say something or move their hands in a certain way to activate something. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it look at this guy. We got you. Nerds. And he's and he's trying to figure. Yeah. No, you're right. That is, and it's another Sam Raimi silly moment. In one of the Spider-Man movies, so yeah, another signature. Sam. Like you just pick it up. love Sam Raimi. That's what it is. is you love yeah. Sam Raimi movies. I think you these should, are your you three favorite back. Sam Raimi moments. Right. Also, also, I, I feel like so. Tobey Maguire's gang would be like the Brooklyn like chefs. Like they're not hardcore at all, but they yell a lot. And he's like, "Yeah, those are my boys." No, they go I, and, like, I feel cook like burgers would, together. I, I feel they like do, they, they get the hair. Just like whip around town. Right. Oh no, they're, they're, no they'll, I, they'll work at the pizza go place. To like I, bars. No, I feel like Toby Maguire's gang would be the sharks in a middle school production <laughs> of West Side Story. West Side Story. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Zach, yeah. you're number one. Except they'd be twenty. Right. <laughs> the um, other the other gang would be seventeen right, or, or fourteen right, year olds. Right. Though. Yeah. Right. My my number one is actually something that happened at Comic Palooza. I took my young cousin to Comic Palooza and he was really excited because he was gonna dress up as Spider Man. So the first day he didn't wear his costume because he wasn't super happy with the mask. So we got him a mask on that on that first day. And we were in the booth getting a mask. And it was a really, it was a pretty good one. But the guy who gave it to him was the worst salesman ever. He was like, that's not going to fit over your glasses, kid. It's going to look really bad. And, but as soon as my cousin put the mask on, I guess it had to do with maybe the shape of his head or the size of the mask or something. But it fit over his glasses perfectly to like make the eyes look just right and it looked amazing on him. So my cousin Mikey getting that mask and just rubbing it in the face of that D-bag who tried to <laughs> unsell him that mask was a really high Spider-Man moment for me. That's definitely like the plague of the cons is like comic book people aren't salespeople. Right. So then nerd store people aren't salespeople. Right. So they don't, and, and they probably don't have to do a lot of selling, but this guy, and, and I'm okay with that. I don't need somebody to sell me something if I know what I want, but this guy was like actively trying to yeah, dissuade us like, from buying that. I mask. don't want you to he give like, me your money. <laughs> he was like, it's definitely not going to look good over your glasses, kid. And I was like, try it on, man. This guy. Yeah. This guy's, so, this guy's, yeah, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. Mikey, what is he, a doctor? Mikey looked like a 
friggin' hero. <laughs> and then he took a picture with a bunch of Spider-Man. That's true. He did take a picture. I wanted like, to steal the, the mask Spider-Man. just to be like, well, you weren't going to try to sell it to us anyway. We should just steal it. You should just walk away with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're going to walk it away. Let's get out of here with my number one. The other most relevant Spider-Man moment in all of history. You said death of Uncle Ben. The bookshelf of that is the death of Gwen Stacy. It oh. forever solidifies Peter Parker as the broken-hearted hero. Even though he later has a wonderful love life and marriage with Mary Jane, the first love of his life dies because of his superhero responsibilities, making him feel so much more insecure and, and like vulnerable throughout his adventures because he's that much more aware that he could cause the death of his own loved ones. He can't win for losing, right? No, he really can't. He, and it could have easily jaded him so much that he went in the complete opposite direction. Here I am mm-hmm. taking on this responsibility that I didn't want because it's the thing I have to do, and it still ends up screwing me over. I'm right. done And the biggest twist of it is that, so Green Goblin throws her off a bridge, and he catches her with his webbing, but it's always been written that his catching her, the way he does it, is what breaks her neck. Cool. Stopping the fall is what kills cool. Gwen Stacy. So that's rough, and that's that's kind of one of those darned if you do, darned if you don't, right. because the, he the, couldn't let her fall, but he couldn't. Yeah, he's, not, she's yeah. falling off a bridge to her death. Cool, that sucks. He should have right. got some of that web defying, web defying, defying webs. There you yeah. go. But yeah, so we're gonna get out of there with that downer of a note. But the yeah. death of Gwen Stacy and death of Uncle Ben, those are kind of the bookshelf moments in the life of a Peter Parker. Yes. Let's see what they do in the movie. Everyone check it out this weekend. Tell us what you think. Hit us up on Facebook and let us know how awesome we were at telling you about Spider-Man. NerdClicker Radio, we're out. We'll be back in about three minutes. There's going to be an introductory hypnosis training July 14th through the 16th of 2017. It's open to everyone interested about learning hypnosis. For more information, uh, there's a phone number that you could look into. It's 281-336-0201 or an info.cchoston at gmail.com. Hypnosis is an incredible way to make changes in a life. It can help people increase physical performance, break habits, quit smoking, get motivation to achieve goals and dreams, or even learn how to stop procrastinating. Uh, It can help someone be a better person and finally have the happiness that they're looking for. Um, So anyone interested to learn to change their thoughts uh, to create a better world around themselves? Should look into this introductory hypnosis training course, July 14th through the 16th, 2017. All right, Nerd Thug Radio, welcome back. That's right, Conroe, you're in the middle of uh, one of the greatest shows in the history of the known universe. I thought it was the greatest. Oh, oh, what did I? Oh, you're right. The I'm greatest. sorry. So between, There's no better show. So between last segment and this segment, you've already been knocked down out of one. Yeah, I don't like to. I don't like to give bad news, but something came out in between the two segments that you guys aren't listening to. That's better than us. Whoa. Yeah. But anyway, you're stuck with us on 104.5, 106.1. They're the sister stations. Uh, IRLoneStar.com. That's where we're streaming live right now over the internet, or on the podcast where you're listening to us days later, but still right now. Exactly. Deal with that. Whoa. Yeah. Facebook Wild. backslash uh, Nerd Thug Radio. We're also www.nerdthugradio.com. We're Hip-hop. also really important. Um, everyone should love us. Exactly. Right, Mom? Mm-hmm. Everyone. Anyway, um, this is the most important segment of the show. I'm saying yep. that because I'm being nice because I've been mean to him all day. Uh, it's, it's the Nico boy, segment. Nico DLG here. Hey, guys. What's going on? Nico DLG here. You know, you know uh, procedure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you do it like three times in a row? Did yeah. you say procedure? Right. Yeah, procedure. <laughs> the process. All right. It's done. All right. All right. So we had gotten into the discussion in the break time, and I think it's it's really important that we really bring this up. Uh, Bitcoin and its crazy exponential gain in value and what it is, what is even Bitcoin? 
Yeah. Right. Opinions. So, right, Zach, Zach is the one that is honestly distressed. This right. is weirdly scary. To okay, me. so for those who don't know, and by the way, it's uh, Nico DLG, Corey DLG, Vicky DLG, DLG Takeover featuring Zach Attack. Uh, for those who don't know, what Bitcoin is, is essentially a non-existent internet currency that is anonymous. You're able to anonymously purchase and sell, and the value of it is increased by the scarcity of it. And what that basically means is there's no real value attached to it, but whatever someone's willing to pay, and that means the value always goes up. And, and there's a set amount of Bitcoin floating around out there that doesn't increase through a set period, and increases are only done incrementally on a set schedule that everybody is aware of, correct? Correct. Okay, Correct. this Bitcoin, Nico, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this Bitcoin is dumped into wherever these Bitcoins are stored where people can buy them by some anonymous source right? on a set schedule of mm -hmm. which everyone is aware. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that everybody knows how many Bitcoins are out there drives the, the value of it. No, you no, know? the fact that everyone knows exactly how many. Right. And let me give you and, two. And you can exchange it for goods and services just like money, right? Correct. Okay. So what this has helped fuel is the internet black market. Now, here's what people don't like to talk to think about or talk about. The dark web is what they call the unknown internet. Right. And by unknown, what I mean is every website that everyone in the planet can name, every website that all of us know, Every website that, that any normal it's person a would go to, percentage. it's essentially, at the, I believe one time I saw it was a less than 1% of the actual internet that exists. And this includes all like the weird, shady pirating websites, like all the stuff that you think is bad internet right. stuff. Right, that's, that's, that's less nothing. than 1% of that's the actual internet. nothing, trash. So what's really out there is the dark, weird, scary stuff. Anything you saw in a movie is probably based on something that really happened on the dark web. No, seriously, I've so heard some stories. So there was a website for a little while called The Silk Trader. It wasn't. The I Silk, think it, was, it was the Silk Road. It, the it's Silk supposed Road. to be like it's a reference a, to the, yeah. the actual Silk Road, right? And the idea was it was an anonymous, completely anonymous eBay. Essentially, it was which is what Bitcoin is. So no, 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 no. This is an essentially anonymous marketplace. Bitcoin is anonymous currency. Right. So Bitcoin coming out enabled Silk Road to become the place Even where more anonymous things that people want to be anonymous for: crime, drugs, guns, murders, all the sorts of crimes. Yeah then could now actively trade in an open market because both the money and the person were now totally anonymous on the internet. Uh, the founder of that actually got discovered because he accidentally logged into his college's library mm, a few times too many and they tracked that ISP and they found him. And he just recently received one of the strongest jail sentences that's ever been handed out for an internet crime. And essentially the judge admitted that he was making an example of him. Yeah. The guy gave a statement where he basically said, the Silk Road was, uh, you know, an attempt at a uh, free market economy where no rules applied. And at the time, I believe that that was a good thing. In hindsight, it's obvious that some regulations need to exist because bad people do bad things. And essentially, they tied him to all the crimes that occurred because they all occurred on... Because he facilitated he kept, them. Right. He kept enabling these things to happen. Right. Drug deals, murders, who knows, fake IDs, passports. There's no telling what evil happened in the world because of the Silk Road. And okay. Bitcoin is the thing that kind of makes all this possible. Okay, so here's what scares me, Nick of Time, about Bitcoin. Dark web aside, because bad people are always going to have, have find a way, whether it's physical or on the internet, to do bad things and pay for it, whether it's in cash or Bitcoin or whatever. That's not what weirds me out about Bitcoin. Here's what weirds me out. How, Bitcoin's been around for how long? Um, uh, it, the paper that released it in theory as open source software how, was 2009. Okay. Written under the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. They now know that's not a real person. Okay, so <laughs> ten, uh, almost 10 years now. In this 10 years, they've started with an amount of Bitcoin floating around out there. People who are buying Bitcoin and using it to trade for goods and services know when more Bitcoin is going to be released. Buyers circle the drain like sharks. 
waiting for the next Bitcoin to be released. People are investing and buying and saving all this Bitcoin, spending all this money on it. What is stopping whoever created this because the source of this Bitcoin is anonymous from flooding the market immediately because people are so used to having it on a schedule, flooding the market with this Bitcoin and making everybody lose their shirts? Well, that's what because it's an open source software, everyone knows that won't happen. As a matter of fact, how can they know that? Because open source software means everyone can read the code. So everyone knows, as a matter of fact, the valuation is actually listed here on Wikipedia. The way of their release is almost the most reliable source. Right. It's almost it's almost here on well, the but it's it's on a, it's on a very precise schedule. It's twelve point five bitcoins per block, which is means roughly every ten minutes. That's going to occur Doesn't until open mid- source. Though mean everybody can also edit the code. Not necessarily. Open source just means they can see it. But somebody can edit it. You can you can edit the code, but I mean that won't that won't change. That but, will just. But somebody be, can edit it. Somebody no. put this open source code out there. Right? No. What, no. I think, no. No. If if you, if you were it start didn't just edit, show up. Well, yeah. No. Someone did so, create it and put it out there. Right. Okay. So but, what, but you can't now change the website. This website is locked. Open source means you can add to it and create your own, but you couldn't go in and change this. Even if you created it. See, I'm not sure how that part works. And that's and that's what worries me, right? Yeah, you're right. People could see when the code has changed, yeah? Right, yeah. But unless somebody's looking at the code every day or every however often it needs to be looked at. Well, hacker types kind of do I don't know, it, aggressively it, this, check these this things. Is a I'm weird sure there's programs thing. to monitor whether it gets exactly. changed. Exactly, yeah. So anyway, uh, until mid-2020, then afterwards... This is creating a false economy. Well, it's not a false economy. If it's trading for money, it's, it's a, a real economy. It's a false economy because it's increasing the amount of money in an economy on a schedule rather than on the fluctuations of a market. But but That's a false have economy. Have you ever thought about how our money gets generated? And it's probably on a schedule also. I... How American uh, currency is printed and distributed. Right, but the schedule of our currency has to do with the wearing out of the currency, not I need to issue more currency. No, that's not true. I know in some cases it's not, right? But I think the times when we issue more currency to increase or decrease the value of currency is not on a schedule. Um, I mean, they make the decision. They, they make it. the decision in time intervals, so it, it technically right. would be on a schedule. Right, but they can't say every time interval we're definitely going to increase the amount of currency floating around out there. But not based on market conditions, no, no. but based on it's now time to increase the amount of currency. Bitcoin out of circulation. No, See, but that's, they are that's limiting. What's weird about this, but they, thing. but it does. So it does go down though. So twenty twenty. Mid 2020, they stopped doing 12.5, and then afterwards it's 6.25. Like, how does that happen? Who did that? That's why the code is programmed. That's what creates the scarcity of the market, is that over time it's going to decline. And so that's going to be for four years until the next halving. These halvings continue, halvings as in going into half, until 2011-40 when 21 million Bitcoins will have been issued. So they will know, they know from beginning to end. That's just mathematically how many it took to get from where they're at to where they're going. So at that point, everyone will know how many Bitcoins are going to exist. Therefore, the market value is going to be based Forever? on... Forever? Yeah. That, that's the stop. They, they're no longer adding any more or taking well, any Well, I mean, out. think it'll be it'll be half so many times. I mean, it'll be like, I don't know, like two years before another one Bitcoin will go into circulation. Right, right. right. The halvings will continue. <laughs> oh, they're doing half-lives. Right. Yeah. They've started with a set amount, and they're doing a half-life. Exactly. Correct. This is weirding me out. I, this, so, this is a false economy that is... But stop saying false, because it's not false. Things are changing hands. Items, goods, and services are being purchased with this. So it's, it's a real it's, economy. It's a, legit, it's a legit currency at this point. Well, it's called a cryptocurrency because of the fact that it, it doesn't, it's not a real currency. It only exists on paper. I'm pretty sure crypto And I don't mean printed, printed paper. Well, I don't I don't know because like cryptozoologists are people who investigate unknown. False animals. Oh, fake animals. It's a mythical economy, economy then. Well, well, it just, it, it seems like something like this, it would be far too easy 
to dump in a bunch of Bitcoin and devalue it across the board. And I feel certain but that that's there are only... people who have all their money invested in Bitcoin. That's oh, how they sure. buy and sell everything. But there's people who have all their money invested in a 401k of a company that could tank tomorrow because of bad mortgages. Right. And we've seen I mean, what happens, happens when something like that happens. Right. We've seen what happens when the entire stock market gets devalued. Right. So what's your... That's why this is a concern of me for me. Because some people still haven't learned the lesson of self-control or moderation. But why is it? A se- it's not a self-control <laughs> issue to invest your money in something that you can use to buy and spend, right? It's only a problem when somebody artificially floods what is essentially an artificial market already. I think one of your concerns, though, is just because us here, the four of us, don't have enough knowledge that about may, technology that may be fair. to know how it's not getting flooded. But I assure you it's not because if it was, somebody would have flooded it. it. I'm not happened. saying I'm not saying right. it's happened yet. Yeah. I, just, I don't think I, it will. I, I wait I'm, I, on stuff like that. But I feel like, but I feel like with technology, people are very opportunistic. They're going to wait for the perfect time right. to do it. Well, but I feel like it would have already happened because the, the, the spikes yeah. of the value of Bitcoin have been tremendous. So right. you could have done it any time over the last nine years, made a bajillion dollars, and gone home happy. I'm not worried so much about somebody doing it for their own gain. I'm worrying it, worried about somebody doing it out of maliciousness or some kind of social experiment. If it started from some kind of paper, I'm worried that it's some sort of weird social experiment. Well, it is. It clearly is. Because essentially he theorized... That's what I'm saying. He theorized... Because you got to think of what he did. He just basically... He announced to the world, I'm going to do this thing and this unit's going to exist in these bizarre increments until 21 million of these exist. And then the world created a value for it. Right, but doesn't that seem the exact kind of preface to a weird experiment where you introduce a crisis point when too many people have become... Come to rely on this false like can't you just see this as a future dystopian novel where somebody does this whole thing to show the <laughs> ultimate non-value of money in general like that's yeah, what this makes I me could think totally see that. Um, i mean i always i always just you, you know you could just go back to any post-war time country i mean like germany like literally just piles right. of money it was worth more to just burn them and use them as fire right. and material. think about the devastating effects of that right like this could easily be setting us up for and maybe not yet not enough people, I don't think, are invested in it. But this could easily set us up in, in a five-year-from-now situation to cripple our actual economy. And I know you don't like me saying actual versus false, <laughs> but I mean, like, the U.S. dollar economy versus the Bitcoin economy. Well, I think it's only going to depend on, like, the severity of how much the yeah, real I mean, world invests in it. This is something that, up until, like, the last year and a half, was only an Internet thing. Because but now it's not. Well, now, now it's not. And now they're ATMs. Bitcoin ATMs. And... and there, you know, to an extent, some people are going to dabble in this. I mean, it's like it's currency. Just, it's like currency exchange. There are people who are betting on the rise and fall of nations by by buying their by exchanging. Right, and, and, right, and you're and I mean, you're right. It's just somebody it's, who's wanting to make money off of a currency exchange can't shove a right. bunch of currency they're exchanging it's under the window so that it's worth us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so that was actually a pretty good Nico segment. I'm going to put that up there in top three of all time. Yeah, way wow. to go, Nick of time. Yeah, yeah thank you. All right, so we're going to get out of here. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up here. Wrap things up. You're listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Hey, guys. Joey Savage here. Time to talk about the best place in Conroe Woodlands to play Pokemon, Dungeons & Dragons, or Heroclix. That's right. Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. Located off of Robinson Road in Oak Ridge. It's your number one stop. For anything gaming related. Mention Nerd Thug Radio when you walk in. They'll give you 10% off something. Buy your girlfriend something. Your daughter, your kid, your mom, your dad, or your dog, or yourself. That's Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. 
That's right, Conroe. You're in for a treat. It's the grand finale of Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG. I'm here with Vicky DLG, Nico DLG, yeah, boy. and Zach Attack. It's not the grand finale of the whole like nerd the of radio this episode, right? oh, okay. of this episode thank yeah, you yeah he's, he's about to be like say, all right that's, that's it really, up, boys. that's a that's lot it. of pressure on me to help you close out this show without I'm, captain baby i mean at this point we're just phoning <laughs> it anyway right because the savage captain himself isn't here but that's what makes it great anyway it's a uh, nerd thug radio on 104.5 106.1 the sister stations you're on irlonestar.com listen to on a stream anywhere in the world if you're in green bay wisconsin and you just found out Aaron Rodgers is single again because Olivia Munn moved on to bigger and better things, i.e. me, you can still listen to this show right now in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Shout out to my friends at the comic book store in Stavanger, Norway. Oh, oh, Stavanger. Oh. I barely knew her. <laughs> Stavanger. Anyway, uh, so this is the final segment of the show. We do want to touch on some things real quick, uh, one of which is Nerd Thug Radio yet again is the trendsetter of the universe. Mm. We are always on the cutting edge of everything. The, the bleeding edge. We are the bleeding edge of all things important, cool, and relevant to the universe. We were the first people to nationally cover the clown story it's when the true. clowns were popping up everywhere. I, I did that. I broke that story I worldwide. Was there. I edited it. I, it, was, it was true. 100%. One of our very first weeks on IR Lone Star, I did the clown story. Then like two months later, everyone on Facebook was like, clown? everywhere by, by, keep up guys by did the story do you mean you read it on another news source and then talked about uh, it on here i mean on reddit i saw a thread where one person was complaining about one creepy clown and then there was another thread where they're like i also have a creepy clown here in this area and they were different places and i was like guys creepy clowns are and, popping up and you connected those two dots to find that's boom. Right. that's right boom that's how people that's right make assumptions i i saw the future before it happened because i'm a prognosticator and that's a Great real word. prognosticator. That's right. That's a real word. I didn't make it up. So anyway, that keeping... Does, that doesn't mean what you think it means. So keeping in touch with the fact that I am brilliant and on the cutting edge of everything. Bleeding edge. One of the very first episodes we did was about Netflix shows that we would like to see. All of them got made. No, and then it was also about <laughs> cool ideas that would turn into comic books. We did that also in the first few episodes when we were back there on the Money Green Music. Shout out Big Yang. Shout out to Just the iPhone. So Marvel Comics jumped on another one of my brilliant ideas. And they're releasing a new Spirits of Vengeance title with a lineup that includes Ghost Rider and Blade, like I correctly predicted. Wow. Yeah. The known gnomes were strong with That's this That's right. Damien Hellstrom and Satana are rounding out the four. They're going to be Spirits of Vengeance fighting evil spirits. They're pretty much ripping off. Your whole bit. Yeah. Pretty much. So someone owes me a So check. when are your royalties coming That's what in? I want to know. That's what I want to know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email Marvel after the show and be like, you mean the bit where you said you wanted to create a Netflix show with characters and properties owned by Marvel, and then Marvel took its own characters and properties <laughs> and created a comic book? Well, but we also did a segment where I then created the comic book version of that also, oh, and so it also were... featured these same people. Like well, That I just sounds like bet. laziness on your part. You're no, like, because... I want to see a Netflix show, and then I want to turn it into a comic book. Why? Because like... I could do different things with both. Come on, man. Diversify. Yeah, man. Totally nailed it, and then they stole my idea. It's so anyway, yet by, again, by, I correctly by, predicted the future. By using their characters and properties. Right, right, right. Okay. Listen, I don't need your fine print when I'm obviously right. That's Fair all enough. I need, and that's Fair all I'm worried about. Good job. Wait Scoreboard to... one, Marvel zero. Mm. Scoreboard in general one. <laughs> well, <laughs> the scoreboard gets a point. Score... Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. Scoreboard. Is the scoreboard playing Marvel? <laughs> Scoreboard's on my team. So what sport is this? Corey slash scoreboard one. 
You know, you guys are the worst people ever. This is, that's it. <laughs> You're you the one who invited us on this show. I know. Well, I, I mean, I have to show. Right. Is Corey Delacordia scoreboards? <laughs> right. Yeah. I is just, that your team name? <laughs> so here's the scoreboard. Sense. So here's the thing is, I thought I owned all scoreboards. I didn't realize that actually other people were on them. <laughs> every time I see you one, I just thought every assume. time you went to a game, somebody was keeping track yeah, of you. Yeah. You were both visiting and at home. Well, no. My, I mean, the thing <laughs> of it is, is one of them says home. So who else would be there but me? Mm, it's my home. And you were merely visiting your home. Yeah, you're both the visitor and, and your home. I mean, I assume somebody was the visitors because, like, this has devolved into I would a nonsensical be a, discussion about Corey's <laughs> mythical scoreboard team. I, I would clearly be labeled as guest. Crypto so that's how I know I wasn't oh, the visitor. crypto scoreboards. The crypto, yeah. The crypto <laughs> scorekeeping. So, also, uh, one thing we do want to point out because we are feminists here on Nerd Thug Radio. That's actually accurate. Uh, we are. We are. We actually we love the ladies, but we also love them spiritually. And supportively. It Hold really, on, get Victoria's it, really face. it really softens the impact of saying that you're a feminist when you say things immediately after like we love the ladies. Yeah. Saying ladies always sounds arch. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, man. Eh, you know so, what? Anyway. They're okay with it, I'm okay with it. I'll buy you a drink later. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Anyway, uh I'm our... just going back on <laughs> yeah. everything. Uh, look, we're going back. I'm my own special brand of feminist. Um but anyway, in honor of Fourth Wave. The forty fifth wave. Fourth wave. <laughs> The 45th anniversary of Title IX is literally right now while we're recording, June 23rd. When you hear this on Monday, we would have recorded this four days ago. And in honor of Title IX, I do want to tell... Way to dispel the magic. It's well, the sapphire you know anniversary of Title IX. It's the sapphire the anniversary of Title IX. Title IX, obviously, huge deal. Forced colleges to treat women as equals uh, in numerous ways. And also, one thing that you and I, Zach, both enjoy about Title IX is when the government passed it, they then said anyone who takes government money is subject to the rules of Title IX. And by the way, you as a university have no control over how your students get funding to pay for your stupid classes. Right. Even if you're a private college. Right. This was a huge sweeping thing that did something, I think, very good for women, especially, obviously, women in colleges. And it also is kind of a bit of a screw you from the government to these sexist male-dominated colleges because it hit them in the sports, like right where it right, counts. right where you most want to be a man. Like it right was in the awesome. sports. It's everything about it was executed well. The law was written well. Like they used it to to really expand what they could do. Like I'm a huge fan of Title IX. They basically force every college that charges tuition. Which, if I'm doing a head count, like one, two, three, four, five. It's yeah. all of them. Yeah. Anyone in charge of tuition, For they uh, now have to treat women as equals. Yeah. It's no awesome. choice. It's no awesome. choice. It's amazing. So congratulations on the Sapphire anniversary to those of you who drafted and then wildly expanded the powers of Title IX. Correct. And basically, uh, for those who don't know, because we were not born 45 years ago, before Title IX, women didn't even necessarily get transportation privileges for sporting events. They didn't have locker rooms necessarily. Yeah. There were lots of instances where they were like, yeah, you can hitchhike to the game and play it if you want. We don't really care what you do because you're a dumb girl. Yeah. Um, so Title IX basically forced the schools to say for every male sporting event group we have that we sponsor as a school, not as a club or whatever, where the teammates pay for it, we now have to have a female also. And not saying like a male, female. It doesn't yeah, have it's to a be one to one. They don't have to be the same sport, right. but they have to be one to one. If I've got 10 male sports, I have to have 10 female sports. Right. And so what this forced the schools to do is reevaluate how they distribute their money because now they have to accommodate the women and give them anything they offer the men. Which also expanded how many women got into public and private universities. Because, because suddenly because created, to fill out a girls team, you have to have enough girls in your school. Right. So then the teams also needed enough scholarships to fill positions. And I'm saying girls, not because I don't think they're women, but because college age people are typically children and girls. Also, I think anyone clarify. essentially under the age of 25 is basically... I think it. anyone who isn't a man. 
No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Big fan of Title Nine. <laughs> anyway, while Zach gets off the soapbox he put himself on, um, love it. One of my favorite stories that came out recently is the name is this this woman's name is Arielle Johnson. She is one of the only female African American owners of a comic book store. Um, uh, I forgot where I forgot to write down where it is. It's called uh, it's called Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. I believe it's in Oregon. Nico's checking right now. Um, anyway, she recently went into business about six months ago, and now here in the past couple weeks, she was awarded a fifty thousand dollar grant to help expand the arts in her community. She's going to use that money to help independent comic book publishers develop better quality products to more compete with mainstream comic books. That's outstanding. So, big shout out to Ariel Johnson. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nowhere near where I thought it was. They issued about eight of these uh, grants, though. And I, there was another one that I read about that went to the Northeast. And I think the Northwest, I'm sorry. I think that's where I got my wires crossed there. Uh, but so, in the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, she has a comics and coffee house combo. Now it's sisterly love. Now it's a sisterly love. I like what you did there. And so she's helping now grow the community of creators with this grant. Which is awesome Pretty because cool. this money is used to increase the amount of art in a community as well as helping like small comic book publishers. And yeah, man, I, I like it's a win, win, it's win, a win, 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 win. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. That's tiger blood. Society can mm. only get better when there's more stuff to read and it's more accessible. Right. And when it's good. Yeah, that's yeah. the important part. Good. Yeah. So yeah, we don't it, want to know your trash. Right. And she was actually uh, one of the first articles talking about her, her shop. Uh, she was talking about how she wants to really heavily support the indie stuff. She recognizes what sells as the main. So she puts the main stuff in there. And she's a comic book fan. She talked about like reading Spider-Man and stuff like that. But she wanted the independent comic books to have a voice in her community. And now this grant only further expands that opportunity. So all that being said, congratulations, women. Congratulations, Title IX. 45 years, the Sapphire anniversary. Whoop, whoop. We're getting out of here. This has been Nerd Thug Radio with Zach Attack. Hold on. DLG. One moment. We must play a, a fantastic oh my, ad. This is the producer stepping up. Stepping Look at in it. because it's important because, you know, this is their ob our obligation to them. That's right. We want to take care of our sponsors who take care of us. So we're going to get out of here on this ad. And thank you very much for listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Hashtag talking nerdy to you. Adios. Catch you this later. Will be introductory hypnosis training July 14th through the 16th of 2017. It's open to everyone interested about learning hypnosis. For more information, uh, there's a phone number that you could look into. It's 281-336-0201 or an info.cchoston at gmail.com. Hypnosis is an incredible way to make changes in a life. It can help people increase physical performance, break habits, quit smoking, get motivation to achieve goals and dreams, or even learn how to stop procrastinating. Uh, it can help someone be a better person and finally have the happiness that they're looking for. Um, so anyone interested to learn to change their thoughts uh, to create a better world around themselves should look into this introductory hypnosis training course, July 14th through the 16th, 2017. Thanks for checking out this production on Old Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, Internet, and TV media, please call 936-647-5747 or contact us online at IRLoneStar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production. Produced by the show host and Dick Schistler of Lone Star Community Radio. 
interested in volunteering as a music DJ or starting your own talk show? Yeah, contact Dick Schistler at dick at iArnoldStar.com or by phone at 936-647-5747. 